gentlemen for a new show of the sports loudmouth i'm your host daryl marks my co-host speeder himself speedy Petey. remember you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com check out all our shows throughout the week including the loudmouth with me speedy Petey, and sean smith every single wednesdays and thursdays at 7 p.m all you have to do to tune in and listen to all the shows and check out our local listings is go to our website at www.worldwideradio.com 631-672-3108 is the number to call you can tune in and listen to us on all the social medias including all 20 yes 20 different local listings all over the surf network. Yes, surf network. Speedy, are you surfing tonight? Does it look like I'm surfing? I, I, do you, are you surfing? Does it look like I'm surfing? You look like you're a surfer. Do you, have you ever surfed before? I have not. But does <laughs> it look like I'm surfing physically right now? I, I, I'm surfing. I am just, I'm pretending I'm surfing. Okay. I am riding the wave. there. I am riding the wave right now. Big difference there. Uh, But are you riding the wave? Are you on the wave? No. Are you falling off the wave? If I was falling, you would see it. I haven't seen it. Are you, are you the gigolo tonight? Are you going to be... I have no g- idea! <laughs> <laughs> well, you look like a gigolo. I mean, seriously. Whatever. You're, you're going to be our deuce of gigolo. Could you do that? I have no idea. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. He has no idea what to do as I've asked him to be our gigolo. He's lost his mind. No Sean Smith tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have a great show lined up for you. At 8.30, we'll be talking to Carolina Panther defensive lineman Chris Warmly. He'll be joining us for the first time on the show. Oh, he played for the Steelers, the Ravens, and now the Carolina Panthers. At 9 o'clock, we'll be talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network broadcaster, our friend, my attacker, Pete Bursick. He'll be joining us. We, there we go. Nice applause, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. Uh, the Jets accuse Nicole Harmon of leaking plays versus the Chiefs and Eagles. Oh, Nicole Harmon is hitting. And he's hitting big, baby. Yesterday he hits and takes shots at the Jets. And then again, he hits again, leaking different things for the New York Jets. What does that say? By the way, 
the Jets could have beaten Kansas City, and they beat the Eagles. So even if he's leaking plays, it doesn't really matter. So the Jets need to step back and just relax. But, hey, you know what? If they're trying to cheat, or he's trying to cheat, let's do it. I mean, the Patriots are known to do that. Um, Bills left tackle Deion Dawkins says that the Jets are weirdos. <laughs> Speedy, I think you should hit it. Weirdos I, I, being weird. Weirdos <laughs> being weird. Oh, weirdos being weird. One more time. A little bit louder, Speedy. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Here we go. Come on, Speedy. What's going on here? I went back from the full screen. What happened? Weirdos being weird. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdos being weird. (laughs) Thank you to Deion Dawkins for laughing and giving us his clown laugh of the year. Social media influencer Sophie Hall accuses Tyreek Hill of breaking her leg. Hmm. Is he really breaking her leg or did she just fall on her face? I don't know. Uh, this is an interesting story. I'm, I'm liking this. Oh, the Bears will look to trade Justin Fields before free agency starts. As we predicted, the latest on franchise tag updates. Let's parlay. It looks like we're going to have Mr. Mountaineer coming on tonight, uh, and he should be the only one. So He is the only one tonight. Uh, Wes could not make it. He texted me some picks, but it is his anniversary tonight. Happy anniversary Happy to Wes. Happy anniversary to you. Come on, Speedy. You have to give me. Give me a little bit of a, a little, uh, you know. Uh, come on. Give it to me. What, are you trying to be a bodybuilder for Wes's anniversary? <laughs> Oh, look at me! <laughs> look at me! <laughs> oh, let's parley with Derek Mountain. Uh, Kevin Durant said he went to the Nets over the Knicks in 2019 when his family and agent wanted him to go to the Knicks. So oh, that's an interesting story. So thank you to Kevin Durant for not choosing us because we have Jalen Brunson. So thank you very much. Uh, no Kevin Durant is a better New York Knicks team. And no Flat Earther either. <laughs> well, I do like the Flat Well, that's what, what, Did he say Flat Earth? Or, well, no, no, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving but he was going to take Kyrie Irving with him wherever he went. Well, though, that's true. So he would have been an Knicks too. Uh, God almighty, please rest my soul. Please, ladies and gentlemen. SNYs. Yes, Connor Hughes reports that the Jets have accused me, Cole Harmon for leaking plays for their games versus the Chiefs and Eagles. Several players supported this claim and believe it to be true, including Sauce Gardner. A now-deleted tweet by Sauce yesterday said, he ain't gonna talk about how our offensive game plan got leaked versus the Eagles, though. The Jets play... I'm trying to speak like Sauce. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying my best here. Uh, the Jets played two, two of their better games of the season, beating the Eagles 20-14 to and nearly beating the Chiefs 23-20. to I was actually on a cruise. Uh, Rich Samini reports that Harmon refused to return punts versus the Chiefs and... A few other games because special teams coach Brant Boyer misled him about winning the punt return job during training camp. Hardman also mentioned that he was so checked out with the Jets and begged the Chiefs to get him back last season. (laughs) I love Nicole Hardman. I really do. I'm actually happy he went back to the Chiefs because at least we got a chance to see him play a couple more games this year as he, he won a Super Bowl. But 
I don't know if this story is to be true. Okay, I I don't. I I I don't work for the Jets. I don't work for the Eagles, and I don't work for the Chiefs. But if players are saying that Nicole Hardman was leaking plays, I mean the NFL needs to look into this. Because even though the Chiefs and the Eagles game was the Jet, really two of the best Jet games of the season, nonetheless, if you're a team right now and you're looking at a specific player like Nicole Hartman and he is throwing a team under the bus, leaking plays to other teams and other organizations, that's not right. And to me, should be suspended and fined by the NFL and his respectable team right now, which is which would be Kansas City. Now, I look at this whole situation with Nicole Hartman. He is hurt, obviously. He's butthurt. Maybe he's not getting anything at home. I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I, I don't know if his wife's giving him any. I, I really don't. But he's got his panties up in a bunch because he has been throwing the Jets to the wolves the last two days. He really has. Now, again, I'm a Jets guy. I'm a Jets fan. Everybody that listens to the show knows that I'm, I'm real about the New York Jets. And even if Nicole Hartman didn't leak anything to any of these respectable teams, it wouldn't even matter because the Jets weren't good enough to win this year as they were a 7-10 team. But when you hear when you hear Nicole Hardman didn't want to play, he didn't want to be a punt returner for the New York Jets because he, he, he was misled by Brent Boyer, that is a crock of you-know-what. You're going to sell that right now after the situation for what it was. Now you're throwing a team under the bus. We all know the Jets are a joke. We know they're a joke of an organization. Everybody makes fun of the Jets. Even the Jet fans. We all do. It's been a clown organization for 54 years. You make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. You lose him in four plays in the first game of the season when he runs an American flag on a field when their lights are down and dim and sparkling. And you see the great Aaron Rodgers run on the field. You see him on hard knocks. Everybody can't wait to watch this high-flying Jets offense, which was one of the worst in the league. And Nicole Hardman signs a $7 million one-year deal with them. And we say, wow, we got Nicole Hardman. We have Garrett Wilson. We have all these weapons. Brees Hall coming back. Dalvin Cook signing before the season started. We're going to be explosive. And then what happens? Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett is what happens. It's been an absolute joke. And it doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is. It doesn't matter who the coach is. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is right now. Because until the season starts in 2024, the Jets are going to be the laughing stock this offseason. And Nicole Hardman opening his big fat mouth, throwing the New York Jets under the bus. And there's other guys, obviously Dawkins, we'll get into that in just a few moments, calling the Jets the weirdos. If only the Jets had a, a left tackle as good as Deion Dawkins, Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't get hurt. It doesn't matter. 
Okay, it doesn't matter. You're right, it's still MetLife Stadium turf. You never know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because the Buffalo Bills are an organization that's a laughing stock as well. Both teams have not won in years. As a matter of fact, Buffalo's never won. And the Jets won one in f- 54 years ago in 1969. Joe Namath, guaranteeing, if you remember. The Jets haven't even sniffed a Super Bowl. Not even sniffed it. I don't want to hear about the AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan. They didn't even sniff it. These are facts, ladies and gentlemen. But when you hear a guy like Nicole Hardman, you know, butt ripped, that's what I call it. He's so upset at the New York Jets, he will do anything to throw the Jets under the bus. And then Sauce Garnet coming to the Jets' aid. Yes, he's coming out there and he's saying, you better not be leaking anything from my offense. The offense was putrid. It was the worst offense I've ever seen. This is the worst offense the Jets have ever had. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It could be a backup. It could be a fourth backup. It could be damn Aaron Rodgers. The offensive line couldn't stop a nosebleed. Maybe Aaron Rodgers throwing lefty would be better than Zach Wilson. (laughs) They sucked. They absolutely blew. I'd rather sneeze. Actually, my sneeze would have passed that offensive line. I mean, they couldn't block anything. It's pathetic. And if a player's going to throw the Jets under the bus, it shouldn't be McCall Hardman. I mean, who the hell is McCall Hardman? He is a- oh, I'm sorry. He scored the final touchdown in the Super Bowl in overtime. As he was wide open. Wide open. A fan could have caught the ball. That's how open he was. McCall Hardman is a slight upgrade over Kadarius Toney. That says all you need to know. It is so funny when you hear so many players in the past for the New York Jets. They leave the Jets and then they throw the Jets to the Wolves. And this is an organization that's had it for years. And you have Sauce Gardner sticking up for the New York Jets. Garrett Wilson threw the Jets kind of under the bus at the end of the season Mm -hmm. and throughout the season about the offense and the play calling. And then he steps back when after this season came around and he really said, you know, I'm very stressed out. I I don't really want to, I I speak about the way the offense was running and and throwing and and making mistakes throughout the season. He didn't want to speak about it, but he spoke about it after every single game. What's going to happen if Garrett Wilson decides to flee and go somewhere else? Or Sauce Garner decides to walk away from the New York Jets and go somewhere else or sign somewhere else for $150 million as a corner? What happens then? Honestly, if you're a Jet fan right now, I could only imagine what these two guys are going to say after they leave the Jets. It seems like everyone, Mark Sanchez spoke after he left the Jets. And Mark Sanchez, yeah, he went to two AFC title games. But really, what has Mark Sanchez done ever since he left the Jets? Eating hot dogs. Eating hot dogs on the sideline or having their coach make a, you know, get a tattoo of him or his face on his leg. And brainwashed Chip Kelly into thinking he was a good quarterback. I mean, seriously, it is a joke. It is a joke. But, again, the Jets shouldn't be taking this. And I I think that as an organization – Somebody needs to speak up. Somebody needs to say something. I, I don't want to hear it from Swash Gardner. I want to hear it from Robert Sala. I want to hear George. Uh, I want to hear Joe Douglas say something. I want to hear Woody Johnson 
and what Woody Johnson has to say because what Woody did on media day was really make the Jets look like a stupid organization. I want to hear Nathaniel Hackett. It's his game plans. Like, is it that obvious that they're I, leaking it? I, I really don't want to even hear from Nathaniel Hackett. I want to hear from the head coach. I want to hear the bullcrap <laughs> that comes out of his mouth. All season long, you hear, I'm taking tickets. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm taking receipts. This is what our playbook looks like. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's a joke. Maybe, maybe. It's a joke. I want to hear from the leader. I want to hear from the guy that was speaking on Han Knox. And saying that we're going to be a team to be reckoned with this year. When they were a team to be reckoned with defensively until their defense got tired in the early third quarter. And they just got beaten up and pulverized. And their offense, I don't know where they were. I think they were sitting and eating hot dogs on the sidelines. Yep. The Maybe club. hamburgers with Andy Reid. Yeah, why not? But, yeah, you wonder. You, Maybe a sausage with Speedy. Definitely not. But... <laughs> <laughs> But regardless of the results, too, I also think the process looks bad for individually Miko Hardman if this does end up being true. And I agree with you. He definitely should be suspended if that ends up being the case. And obviously the NFL will investigate it more. And the Jets should push this out more. And I don't know why any Jets coaches staff, any Jets players would would protect Miko Hardman in this instance, too. And the more, the more information that comes out, maybe there's just these are the two games that are known right now. Maybe there was more than we realized when Hardman was there before he was traded. He was traded in week nine. Nine, Who so cares? Fair. Honestly, it really it really doesn't matter. Nicole Hardman did nothing for the Jets. He had one catch for six yards. Congratulations. Thank you, Nicole, for giving us such a great career as a New York Jets. And $7 million later. Thank you. But it, it, you have to still set a principle because Roger Goodell is not very good at that as it is. So we, all these other players that, oh, if Miko Hardman get away with it, I could get away with it too. All these other random fourth or fifth string wide receivers or running backs that are not going to be thought of on this team making a name for themselves. Oh, let's go leak a playbook and try to try to win a game. If Roger Goodell doesn't set a principle, if this is true, I'm not sure how true it is, but if it's true, then all these players will start doing it and it'll be a whole ripple effect. How didn't the coaches and the coaching staff not know this? Honestly. How do you not know this? If there were players on the team that knew that he was leaking things, why didn't the coaches know? This has something to do with coaching, right? Yep. When we look at football, when you look at Super Bowl championships, when you look at Bill Belichick and Andy Reid and some of the greatest, uh, Gibbs and, and, and you name it, these guys that have won multiple championships, Jimmy Johnson, why haven't we heard anything go on in their locker rooms? But with the New York Jets, who, by the way, hasn't seen the playoffs in, what, 14 years? Since my sophomore year of high school. 12, 13, 14 years ago. How could we sit here as New Yorkers or even Jet fans and make excuses for this organization? Because there's no excuses. Connor Hughes could say whatever he wants. Jake Asman could say whatever he wants. Any one of these Jets guys can say whatever they want. I am a Jet guy. And I'm going to say the truth, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear from my voice right now. This team has been nothing but a clown show for 14 years. That was when Rex Ryan was here, by the way, and that was still a clown show. Uh, John, the funding for the Jets does not count when Sean is not here. 
No, there is no fun. <laughs> I mean, if you want to fund Sean, I mean, he needs, he seems to need some money. I, 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 we've heard he's made multiple multi-millions of dollars, and uh, now he wants more money. I don't know. Well, if, if you want to hook him up, you, you could hook me up with a couple of bucks. Well, maybe maybe he could spend that money on a computer that works better or a charger the, or a charger to charge his camera? phone. How about a camera? Or a charger to charge his phone so it doesn't die in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we love Sean, by the way. We, we do. But no Sean tonight. But it, it, it seems like this team has been nothing but a joke, and now – because of the bad season, because last year the Jets were the talk of the town. Oh, yeah. Everybody spoke about the Jets. Oh, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. Look at this team. Look at this offense. They added this guy. They added that guy. Their offensive line's more better. This and this and that. The season went the same way it went the year before. A 7-10 and 10 season. A team looks like they're ready to self-destruct. A coach that has absolutely no idea where he is or what he's doing or maybe actually understanding how to make a play call when his offensive coordinator does his, doesn't know his ass from his tailbone. And tell the players to, to, to do the right thing during the game. It's not the other thing that you didn't train them for all week. In an interview with Vlad TV, Bills left tackle Deion Dawkins called the Jets a bunch of weirdos. If you want to know what you will... Hey, if you want to know... Dawkins added that he hates their entire team, with the exception of Quinn Williams. He took shots at Michael Clemens, in particular, who he called a bitch boy, for trash-talking Josh Allen in the second meeting between the Jets and the Bills, where Buffalo won 32-6. There also was a post-game brawl in that game where security had to get involved. Dawkins also claimed that the Jets only played football just to be cool, and not for the love of the game. Sauce responded, I play this game because I love it. And it takes care of my family. Nicole Harmon also called the Jets yesterday for having too many individual egos. Eagles. Not eagle. Not egos. Eagles. Okay? Again, if they had eagles, they, Aaron Rodgers might not get well, hurt. The way he said it in the interview, it sounded like eagles. He didn't say eagles. He said eagles. So, whatever that was. But anyways, here's the interesting story. When, when you look at the situation with Deion Dawkins, and it seems like now it's an onslaught. Everybody's speaking about the Jets. Everybody's throwing the Jets under the bus. There's no Miami. There's no New England Patriots because there's no more evil empire. There's no Bill Belichick. There's no Tom Brady. So who do they want to go after in the AFC East? We're going to go after the Lonely Jets. Because they've been a funny organization, a clown show of an organization for years. And now they have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers running the team. He is the GM. He's the LeBron James of the New York Jets. And now Deion Dawkins, who has a lot to say. And I'm, listen, he is a great offensive lineman. There's no question that he is. But let me ask you a question. How good was the offensive line for the Buffalo Bills this year? Especially in the first half. How many times did Josh Allen get sacked? I want to know. Because when you're speaking about a team, which, by the way, the Buffalo Bills, that started the season absolutely terrible, and then finally started to pick up their game because their coach was on the hot seat. And Ken Dorsey was gone, luckily. And Ken Dorsey was <laughs> gone, and they needed somebody to blame. What did they do? They started to win and started to play. And then they go through the playoffs and they bump into the Kansas City Chiefs 
in home, not at home, in a home game, and lose against the Kansas City Chiefs in their stadium at a game where I believe they were better than the Kansas City Chiefs. And Michael Clemens, we all know, we've heard all these stories with Michael Clemens. He's not likable. Some of his teammates, not a big fan of his. We've seen him come out. I think he played for Texas A&M. Yep. And a, a lot of people thought he could have been a second-round draft pick, but he fell to the fourth because of his attitude and not showing up to practice on time. So we've heard these stories about Michael Clemens. We all know who he is. Sauce Garner, yeah, he has an ego. All you guys have egos. You don't think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes has an ego? When, when Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown, what does he do? He dances and trounces and jumps in the air like he's never scored a touchdown in his career. You know, a uh, particular Buffalo Bills wide receiver has an ego. <laughs> Everybody's got an ego. You're going to tell me, Dion, that nobody on your team has an ego? You have Stephon Diggs on your team, yep. the biggest ego in the NFL. Trayvon Diggs threw his threw Stephon Diggs quarterback under the bus. And what did you do? What did your team do when your own offensive players said or said some lousy things even before the season even started when he didn't even show up? Yeah, Stephon Diggs didn't even show up to the first practice. What then? You, you, you want to throw the Jets to the Wolves? Why don't you throw your own teammate to the Wolves? This is the problem right now. Why does anybody care about the Jets? Who are the Jets? The Jets are one of the worst teams right now in the AFC. Until proven otherwise. And he wants to say Quinn Williams. You know why he, he mentioned Quinn Williams? Because he doesn't want Quinn Williams to put his ass on the freaking bay, on the ground. That's the, that's the facts. Quinn Williams speaks. I don't know if you've watched Hard Knocks. He speaks. He talks crap. He doesn't have an ego because he's doing that? Is this a love fest? Or this is just a hate fest? Let's blame the Jets. Let's throw the Jets to the Wolves right now. Let's, let's just pick on the Jets. Let's pick on the Jets day. The combine's around the corner. The draft's around the corner. Free agency's around the corner. We're going to screw the Jets. We're going to make sure that no free agents want to go and play for Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers Jets. And again, the egos in football are going to be something that is going to be variant based on the teams anyway. We've seen loud teams with egos still succeed amidst all that. Look at the Seattle Seahawks, for example. All the loudmouths that they have on that defense, on that Legion of Boom. They were still very successful for a while. They only won one Super Bowl, but they had a very good track record. How about the Eagles in 2017? A lot of guys that had egos on that defense. It's fine to have an ego. And again, it's fine for uh, all these other guys that have egos on the Jets, too. And, and on your own team, Dion. Like, I mean, I, I can understand Michael Clemens. Like, okay, he has had some discipline issues in his career. I don't know what he said to Josh Allen. If it was something vulgar, if it was something that went against him, fine. That's fine, I, depending on what's said. But, I mean... There's other weirdos in the league besides the Jets, too. You'd have to think. Yeah, hold on one second. Is Travis Kelsey an egotistical guy? Of course. I mean, did you see what he did in the Super Bowl? Did you see in the first quarter, because he didn't get the ball, he ran up to his coach, yelled in his face, and practically pushed him over? Is that not an ego? How about I'll go back to all these Super Bowl championship contenders. And I'm, I'm going to say this to be true. When you look at the 49ers... And you look at that defense, okay? And we've heard a lot of these defensive players throughout the 
I, before the Super Bowl, a week before the Super Bowl, speak to the press, and half of them, and I'm not going to mention, I'll mention one, Armstead, he spoke and he said some things and wildest thing, wildish things. He spoke about how good his defense is, how great they are, and that we're the best defense in the league and we're going to show it on Sunday. That's what he said. That's not an egotistical statement. Come on, guys. Everybody has an ego. Every one of you. Have an ego. I have an ego. Fish has an ego. Speedy even has an ego. I mean, a little ego. I mean, he's not the gigolo in his eyes. Oh, God. I mean, I think he's a gigolo. Congratulations. You don't even know what a gigolo is. Exactly. But that makes it even better. All right. Well, enjoy you your... You could be a gigolo with a sausage in your mouth. Oh, God. I mean, seriously. You would, look, you would look good as our gigolo. I'm not impressioning. I'm not getting... You're the loudmouth gigolo. No, I'm not. I'm not, go, I'm not rolling with the impression of you and your, anyone else. You that... want to roll with a sausage in your mouth? Oh, God. I'm just asking you. No. I'm just asking you. I think it's a good question. Just a good question. You, you know, you know who you know who would cater to a question like that. Oh, I can't wait. Let's hear it. Weirdos being weird. Oh, there you go, Mister <laughs> Mister Dawkins, giving us the weirdo statement. Here I, again, I, I I know that right now the Jets are a laughing stock. They really are. And and now with free agency around the corner, and the Jets are dropping players and trying to free up some money, and decide on who is the next player they're going to go after. Uh, in free agency, when when somebody like Nicole Hardman comes out and makes the Jets look bad, and then you have uh, Deion Dawkins, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, come out and throw the Jets kind of a bone. Uh, not a good bone, a bad bone. I mean, now you look at the big picture. If you were a free agent, would you want to go and play for the Jets? Would you want to go and play for Robert Sala? Would you want to go and play for Woody Johnson? And this is the problem right now for this organization is they looked so good last year. Everybody was raving about the Jets. Oh, I can't wait. This team could win 12 games, maybe 13 games. They can challenge Kansas City. They could be a contender, a top four contender. I mean, Vegas had them four or five before the season started, before Aaron Rodgers went down. Now, all of a sudden, they're laughing stock again. Nobody wants to play for him. Aaron Rodgers is never going to stay healthy. This team is never going to find a second wide receiver to play on the other side of Garrett Wilson. This defense that was so good this year fell apart in the second half because they were too tired because the offense couldn't, couldn't run the ball the way they should have in certain games. And they couldn't throw the ball because they have a quarterback that likes to screw around with old women. Thanks, John. We, we just mentioned that they've uh, been 14 years since they made the playoffs. They've been the laughing stock for years, yeah. I mean, maybe we should take Zach Wilson to a picnic. <laughs> I mean, he likes hanging out at those picnics yep. and older women and hang out in that outside bathroom. And, you know, they have a little fun over there. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. And now the Jets reach out to Zach Wilson and his agent and say that you could go out there and seek your own trade. Who the hell is going to want Zach Wilson? <laughs> So, honestly, if you look at every single team right now in the NFL and all the free agent backup quarterbacks, who would you want? Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson. Brissett. Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson. As overrated as I think Tannehill is, Tannehill. Russell Wilson <laughs> oh, yeah. or Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's not even close. I mean, I don't know. I could get a list of backup quarterbacks right now. I think you would probably take every single one of them. Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson. Of course. Vikings future backup quarterback, Sam Darnold. <laughs> I mean, seriously. 
If you look at the list of free agent quarterbacks, nobody's going to want Zach Wilson. Nobody. And nobody's going to give up anything worth anything for Zach Wilson. The Jets have made a mistake, and this is what's made Joe Douglas look bad. No matter how good that draft was with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and Johnson, everybody's going to think about the draft before that when they drafted the number two pick in Zach Wilson and absolutely bombed on that pick. And now everybody's trying to figure out who's going to take over if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt again. That's the problem right now because is the Jets going to be able to build this offensive line? They pretty much they dropped, they dropped it, uh, Lincoln Tomlinson a couple of days ago. Uh, they have Tittman and they have Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, we all know what's going to happen to their left tackle. We all know what's going to happen probably to the other left guard, if if there is any on this roster. Maybe Mitchell, I guess. Maybe. Uh, I don't I don't think Mitchell's going to be a part of this team anymore. I, I really don't. I don't think the Jets big back Mitchell right now. He didn't have a good season. Ever since that uh, that problem that he had at the end of his first season where he looked good, he's just not been a blood clot, I think it was. Yes. He hasn't been the same player. So where do the Jets go? They need three offensive linemen. They're going to go to free agency. That's where they're going to go. They need to figure out what they're doing with Bryce Huff. They need to figure out what they're going to do with Michael Carter. Bryce Huff, it seems like uh, what we've heard, there are quite a few different people that have come out and said that the Jets could re-sign Bryce Huff. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was... It was Connor Hughes that said that uh, the Bryce Huff would only be worth about $12, $14 million a year. Wow. So if, if the Jets want to sign him, they could sign him to a three, four-year deal worth about $13, $14 million a year. Huge. And they need to find another wide receiver, maybe a Calvin Ridley. That's something that we've been speaking about. It doesn't look like Brandon Ayuki is going to be let go now that 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 thirty something million dollars has gone to every single team. Plus, he's going to want one, number one wide receiver money. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to do that. They really need just need a good number two. <laughs> I mean, the Jets after dropping all these players, they can have up to fifty eight, fifty nine million dollars. So the Jets could afford Brandon Ayuk if they want him. So I, I just think that the Jets are in a position right now where they have to figure out. What they need to do this offseason, instead of worrying about what everything, everything that's happened last year with all these former players or players that were leaking things or ex-players or players that are not even part of their roster over the last couple of years or at, at all. Because Deion Dawkins is not even in the locker room. The fact that he says they're egotistical. I, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's watching the Patriots Dynasty uh, documentary. I, Bill, Bill Belichick has an ego. He's nar- he's a narcissist. <laughs> Robert Kraft has an ego. He's a narcissist. Tom Brady was a narcissist. And an egotistical guy. So you're going to tell me? Because, hey, you know, every single player on the Jets you believe is a narcissist and an egotistical guy? Nobody else in the league has ever been that way? Also, I don't know if every Jet was trash-talking down 32-6 to six in a game. So, yeah, that does look bad. Obviously, you have no reason to trash-talk. Everyone was making fun of Austin Eckler where he signaled a first down when the Raiders put 63 points on the Chargers. But, nevertheless, I don't think every Jets player was trash-talking. <laughs> I think it's a joke. I, I really do think it's a joke. John, uh, John also says, uh, Jets fans remind me of Eagles fans. Well, you know what Jets fans, uh, you know what Eagles fans are as well? Weirdos being weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they like to eat horse manure. Yes. I mean, exactly. We've seen that before. As Kenyon. Oh, no, no. We don't, we don't need to scar him with that again. Uh, social media influencer Sophie Hall filed a civil lawsuit against Tyreek Hill, claiming that Hill broke her leg last summer. She claimed that Hill forcefully and purposely pushed her to the ground during a football a drill where she forced him backwards and Hill felt humiliated. She is seeking up to 75000 in damages for the incident. Hill has had a couple of off-the-field incidents in the past, including an altercation with a Marine worker last summer and child abuse accusations in 2019 with the Chiefs. The Chiefs suspended him for the team operations that year, but the NFL did not suspend Hill for either of those charges, but wouldn't rule out suspending him for this one because He's a repeated offender. I wasn't there. I don't know the full story behind, you know, Sophie Hall. I don't know anything about Sophie Hall. I don't even know who she is. She's obviously filing a lawsuit with Tyreek Hill because of this situation. She wants money. It's always about money. And I, I again, Tyreek Hill has been known to be a pain in the you-know-what. I've watched his podcasts. He has his own personalities and and he has his own way of really throwing himself out there in in the public view he believes he's as fast as a cheater he thinks he can race a horse he thinks he can race Hussein Bolt I I mean the guy thinks that he's the best wide receiver since sliced bread he's the greatest ever play Uh, but he had a great season last year do I believe or does anybody believe that Tyreek Hill was the best wide receiver in the league last year absolutely was he put up the numbers. He showed up every single week, week, week in and week out, except maybe I think one week he missed. He played as good as any wide receiver in football. The problem is, it seems that Tyreek Hill can't get out of his own way. Every time, every single time off the field, he's hanging out over there at a marina. He gets in trouble. He's beating up some... Lonely guy, or some guy, a marina guy, that told him to get off the docks because they're closing the docks. Why did he stay on the docks? Only Tyreek would know. Maybe he was high. Maybe he was drinking. Maybe he was hanging out with Sean Smith. (laughs) And then you hear these stories, these accusations with child abuse and woman abuse. We've heard this many, many times when he was coming out of college. That he was very abusive, not only to his child, but his, his girlfriend. And then, even it's not his fault. I mean, his house went on fire at the end of the season before the playoffs. And it definitely uh, screwed around with uh, the Miami Dolphins. Right. And it hurt, you know, it hurt the, it really hurt the juju of the team the last two or three games of the season. Because he wasn't there. And that was one of the reasons why he didn't play in those games. I think it was one or two games. Yeah, but it was enough to throw away the division, too, because they had a, a three-game lead on the Bills at one point. And it wasn't his fault. I'm not blaming Tyree Kill on that. No. I, it's not his fault, but he's in the news. It seems like this man, and again, I'm not throwing Tyree Kill under the bus. It seems like every single time Tyree Kill's name gets brought up in the newspapers, the tabloids, the you know different websites and different stories. It seems like it's more bad than there is good. Yeah, and it's enough uh, where they could definitely get to the repeat of Penner status at this rate if it does end up happening. Because again, even though they weren't 
all charges for the other ones in the past. It still was something that can get a reputation up there. And again, this is a a, a woman that's tall, yes, but uh, not a, like a man, a muscular man like Tyree Kill is. Breaking a leg is definitely not a good look for that kind of thing. And again, a child is even worse. Being he can't protect himself the same way, and the Marine officer. That's a lot of charges all at once. So if this is indeed true, he definitely should be suspended. We'll see if Roger Goodell does it. He loves to throw these things under the bus all the time, but, but he's definitely something that I know. I know he's a great player. He's a good young. Uh, he's a veteran guy now, but he's been good for a long time. But he says he wants to retire in a couple of years too, and so he better not uh, get suspended if he wants to go on that track of oh, I'm only going to play two more years. I'm going to go start a gaming career. Well, you better not get suspended if you want to get to the legacy you want to get to, especially with the Miami Dolphins. Try to prove your former team in the Kansas City Chiefs wrong. Well, I, again, Tyree Killer has has been. Uh, the face of every single team he's been on. And he's only been on two teams. He goes to Kansas City. He was the face of the Kansas City Chiefs. He really was the face of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because even though Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback, and he stood he stood for the leader of the team and the superstar of the team because he won an MVP and he won a Super Bowl, Tyreek Hill was the face of that team. He was the face of everybody over there in Kansas City. Everybody wanted to meet Tyreek Hill because he's five foot. Six, five foot seven, a speed demon, this demon who turned into, he was a punt returner, turns into one of the best wide receivers in the league. He was found in what, the sixth round or the yeah. fifth round mm-hmm. by Andy Reid. And, uh, and look, look at the talent that he became. And, and really what the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs became with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Who do we have on the phone? Jeff. Jeff, what's up? But you are such a fair weather fan. It's hard to listen to you sometimes when you start dogging our New York Jets. You don't think someone's going to trade for the best quarterback in his draft class in Zach Wilson? Come on, dude. That's that's outrageous. Oh, so you someone's think... going to be able to help him? Okay. Someone's going to be able. Nobody's to help going to help him. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> He'll be playing for the XFL before you know it. <laughs> Zach Wilson is not making a roster right now. First of all, Joe Douglas, best GM in football. Mm. Every move he's made has been outstanding, right? You you got to be a real fan, man. And 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 I see you, John Suggs, in the chat calling us like Eagles fans. That that must mean we're like champions, right? Like we're really good? Mm. Yeah, with your one Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. We've won it. There's teams out there that haven't won it. Again, I'm just saying using the Eagles as that example is not exactly great either. Again, the Eagles are an organization that has not won a championship since they beat the New England Patriots. They went to the Super Bowl two years ago and they laid a lousy goose egg in the fourth quarter as they let Patrick Mahomes run all over him, all, all over them, especially when he was limping off the field in the second quarter. So we and all but, know what the Eagles do. Missing- and, and you're missing, like, the biggest point of all with the Jets, right? What is it? We got everyone right where we want them. Oh, yeah? We got them right where we want them. Where? They all think we stink because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Well, guess what? He's coming back 100% healthy. They'll be slinging the ball all over the place. We'll be scoring touchdowns like crazy. Who's protecting him? Gotta... Who's protecting him? It's not going to matter. He'll get the ball Bacchiari? out of really quick. <laughs> They're going to bring Batiari, <laughs> the old man Batiari well, from the Green Bay Packers who can't even stay healthy. Yeah, let's bring well, him first in. first of all. Who Mac- else are we Mac- going Mac- to bring Becton, in? Makai Becton's back on a diet, so I'm sure that'll help. <laughs> He's not like making the before. roster. He's not even making the team. Right? They're dropping Elijah him. Elijah Barrett Tucker is one of the best draft picks Joe Douglas has ever made. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, don't have him play in Denver. Can't stay healthy. Just don't have him play in Denver. <laughs> 
right? Mm-hmm. But Bryce Huff, he's going to take a hometown discount to stay with the Jets. He's going to help the team and take less money to stay home. Because Connor Hughes already came out and said worthless. that he's. Connor Hughes already said he's not making twenty million dollars right now. You're hearing right. the numbers between right, but he might twelve only, and but fifteen. He might, Right, but he might just settle for 10 so they have money to spend on someone else. That's in. not going he's to happen. He's an unselfish player. And he's worthless to anyone else because Robert Sala made his career. He'll be a bum without him. He knows that. Mm. Uh, John also says, uh, let's hope Tyreek Hill doesn't turn into Antonio Brown 2.0. It's definitely possible at this rate. I don't know if it's as <laughs> crazy yet as what Antonio Brown has done, but it definitely could be getting there at that point. Uh, no, John, we actually don't believe that I Joe Douglas is the best GM. I don't think Tyreek Hill is ever going to be like Antonio Brown. Yes, we Brown. actually do believe that Joe Douglas is no, You're the only one that believes that, John. No, and I, I do believe that Joe Douglas is still a good drafter. He, he knows how to draft. Uh, he's, he's made mistakes. He he makes mistakes, but he's every single missed. every single GM makes mistakes. As he made a mistake with Zach Wilson, but uh, he's he's, he's, also he's also That's hit. He's also hit. He's also hit. So uh, you look at him. You you mentioned Tyreek Hill. Now Tyreek Hill, he's made some mistakes. He's done stupid things, but he's not Antonio Brown. I don't think anybody could be as bad as Antonio Brown has been over the last couple of years. Have we seen Tyreek Hill take off his shirt and pra- practically strip? In, in MetLife Stadium and walk off the field and tell his coach to kiss his ass? I mean, I haven't seen Tyreek Hill do that. I, he said other things, too, but I'm not going to say it because Mike Evans had, uh, you know, said a couple of things that, uh, you know, Antonio, Brown's was sa- Antonio Brown was saying on the sidelines. And but, then we found out later that I think Antonio Brown was trying to manipulate an injury clause after that. <laughs> yeah, he, Tyreek Hill is not Antonio Brown. But obviously, it seems like everything is finding Antonio Brown. All these problems are starting to come out every single time Antonio Brown is off the field. On the field, the guy's unbelievable. He's unstoppable. Nobody can stop him. He really is a cheetah. When he steps off the field, for some reason, this guy thinks he's invincible. And then he does stupid things. He hangs out with the wrong people. He's on a podcast. He says this. He says that. And then what happens is people take him to be... Uh, a personality. And then when he steps away from the cameras and he steps away from anybody taking video or pictures of him, he's doing stupid things. Why would he beat up a guy from a arena? What was the point of that? Yeah. Why would he do that? And he, he definitely was getting sued and he paid him off. So he didn't have to give up his house or give up, uh, you know, a, I don't know, give up his life. Is, yeah. Boating license or whatever, whatever. Was, yeah. I mean, cause what does he care? He's got endless money. He's putting out great rap albums every year. Oh, yeah. So is, so is Damian Lillard. Great albums. Love them. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> now we have to wait for the but Doc A- Rivers diss track. <laughs> but AB's so good at it. He quit football and was like, nah, music is my thing. Damian Lillard still has to do basketball. That's how you know he's weak. AB was like, I got this. And well, he just went and did it. Well, don't worry, don't worry, Jeff. Eventually, when uh, when Doc Rivers ruins the Bucks, he can make, write the Doc Rivers diss track. <laughs> I'm yeah, just maybe that happens. I, I just I, I think the Tyreek Hill story is a is a weird story, obviously. And I, again, he he will pay her off. There's no question that he will. If it is true, if it is, he will pay her off. She'll get a couple of million dollars, and she'll leave Tyreek Hill alone. But it just seems like every single thing he does on and off the field, it winds up chasing him. What's the next thing we're going to hear? Really, what's the next thing? He beats up an Uber driver? 
I mean, we all know Cam Newton was doing stupid things in an Uber. Jameis Winston was doing gross things in an Uber. <laughs> yes. So we've seen, we've heard stories already from quarterbacks, and now, uh, hey, maybe a young or a, an idiot wide receiver who thinks he's faster than an Uber driver <laughs> and tries to race an Uber down the road and gets hit by it. And then loses his contract. I don't know. With Tyreek Hill, you don't know what to expect. He's all over the. He's all over YouTube. I mean, he's doing his podcast. He has cameras following him. He goes to the mall. He's hanging out at the mall. He's doing stupid things in the mall. I mean, this. It's become a joke. It's become a joke. It's it's really become a comedy. He should be a comedian, on, uh, you know, in the off season. That's what he, he should be. Who says he wouldn't be? <laughs> I mean, because it is funny. Everything that he does is funny. Maybe he'll add it to his gaming channel. Comedy and gaming with Tyreek Hill when he retires in two years like he claims he's going to do. <laughs> it's a joke. It really is a joke. And and I feel bad for teams that, you know, and fan bases that follow Tyreek Hill, buy his jerseys and stuff like that because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Now, we know how great of a player he is, and we know the organization is going to do – they're going to ride or die with Tyreek Hill because he's the best right now – when you look at the numbers, he's the best wide receiver in football. But there's just so much you can take. There's just so much you can deal with on on and off the field where you just decide, hey, you know what, it's, he's not worth it anymore. And by the way, he already said that in the next year he's going to retire. I think he said he signed a four- or five-year deal. Yeah, he said he wants to play two more years. Two more years. So th- this is his second-to-last year. So Tyree Kill is, what, 28 years old? Mm-hmm. By the age of 30, he's done. So, I, I mean, and he's probably going to ask for a new contract. So, who knows? After what he put up this year, what was it, 17, 1,800 yards? I think he was on that pace before he got hurt at the end of the year. So, I think he finished it with a little less than that. But he was definitely on that pace. He was on a 2,000-yard pace, I think, up until, like, week 11 or something like that. It was crazy. Because his house burned down. Yeah, and I think the Chiefs were the first team to hold him, like, under 70 receiving yards or something that whole, that whole season. <sighs> Go ahead, Jeff. No, I'm just – I just think it's crazy how you badmouth the Jets, dude. Like, I, I, I don't like it. I, I, I think Bad-mouthing my team. Better. Yeah, you're bad-mouthing the Jets. Like you're, bl- like, you're blaming some things on some guys that you don't need to. Okay, Joe Douglas missed on, on Zach Wilson. That's fair. But Makai Becton, that wasn't his fault. I blame that on Panda Express. Their food's too delicious. He ate too much of it. <laughs> All right, let's bring him in. We have Nathan. He's finally here. Yo. What are you driving? What is yeah, up with you guys up. driving? What is up with you guys driving? You have Sean Smith driving to his destination. Now you're <laughs> driving. You want to come on the show, and you're hanging out in your car. No, we have, we were covering a basketball game today. That's why. Oh, so you're covering a basketball game, so you decided, hey, you know what? Why don't you let me on your show? I'm driving home. I need something to do. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, you told me to uh, come on at 7.45, so you we were still in the car. Yeah, I said 7.45 because we have Let's Parlay, we have two guests, and you're still driving a car. By the way, what kind of car are you driving over there? <laughs> I have a pickup truck, Toyota Tacoma. Oh, yeah? Well, look at them. He's driving in style, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Jeff, he's driving in style. 
I thought he was gonna say he was no, on his way to Jay Perry's house. <laughs> <laughs> what did Sean you see? Sean's not here. What, uh, do you not see it? He's not here on Thursdays. He's here on Wednesdays. I mean, in Nathan's defense, we didn't see him yesterday either. <laughs> That's true too. We didn't see Sean. He was like, uh, he was a ghost, as we we called him, the Black Ghost. That's right. So, and he and he actually likes that. We we call him the Black Casper, the Ghost. So he wanted to bring what's up Casper. Go ahead. What's well, up, Jeff? Jeff, you can Go ask ahead. your question. Hold on, hold on, Nathan. Let Jeff speak if you can hear him, and then you could speak. You don't have to go over each other. Go ahead, Jeff. The, uh, the combine has started. I was wondering if he's got any hot tips on any more Ivy League quarterbacks. Any tips on Ivy League quarterbacks to watch, Nathan? Uh, uh, no, not really. Not, I don't know. not really. I'll tell you what, Nathan. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 20 bucks, all right, if you could tell me five quarterbacks in this draft class. Oh, that's all a layup. Right, Come on. Five quarterbacks in this draft Caleb class. Caleb Williams. Drake May. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Drake May, Caleb Williams. The third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, why am I drawing a blank here? <laughs> Dude. Do I do I get uh, twenty bucks if I can name five no, obscure quarterbacks in this draft class? Oh, Jeff, you could have twenty bucks if you if you, you name five Ivy League players. Why am I drawing a blank here? I know this. Hold on. Well, now uh, he's now he's looking on his uh, computer right there. His oh, phone. My, oh yeah, Mike Penix, BJ Daniels. Um, no. <laughs> Who? Yeah, you just Ellis, say BJ Daniels. Who? Who the hell's BJ? I know who he is. Uh, yeah, he that was like years ago, Nathan. <laughs> PJ Daniels. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the five bottom quarterbacks <laughs> in this draft. Anymore. All right, hold on, Nathan. Je- Jeff's gonna Jeff's gonna give the five bottom five quarterbacks. I could, yeah, I could give you the five bottom ones. I could go Spencer Rattler, Devin Leary, um, uh, the, um uh, Michael Pratt from Tulane. Uh, I, I mean, there's there's endless amounts of bumps. He can't even name the top three. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry. If Errol listed his five uh, bottom quarterbacks, he would just name Radler five times. <laughs> right, right, right. So here, here you go. Michael Pratt, Spencer Rattler. Uh, 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 who was Leary. You said Devin Leary. Oh, you said Devin, Devin Leary. Leary. Sam Hartman is in the draft. Come on, you can't forget Sam Hartman. I forgot right. about Devin Leary. How much hype he had a couple years ago. Oh, God. Right. This is what I'm saying. I can name the bottom quarterbacks. He can't even name Caleb Williams. <laughs> Nathan, you're muted. I'll, I'll unmute him. I'll unmute him. All right. Nathan, let's hear it. Jeff, I, I named Caleb Williams already. Come on, man. He named you Caleb Williams and Drake May. He doesn't even know it's Jaden Daniels. He's naming a quarterback that got drafted eight years ago in BJ Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, Nith. I can't believe you couldn't name five of these quarterbacks. Not five of them. Everybody knows Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix. Those are the the five top guys. And then Bo there's JJ McCarthy. He's another one. Those are the top yeah, six guys. 
And two of them played in the national championship. And one I can't stand, and I knew he was in his draft, and Spencer Rattler. Okay, I can't stand it. Jets fourth-round pick, and he will be a Jet. Well, well, not for nothing. I told you guys to in the bottom, guys. Spencer Spencer Rattler is right. uh, Apparently, I heard that Spencer Rattler is rated higher than two other quarterbacks in this draft. Well, what, Devin Leary Leary and Sam Hartman? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, fine, but they're not any good either for the NFL. And I liked Hartman at Wake Forest a lot, but his downfall since then. Ugh, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, come on, man, you're you're the one writing. You have a team over there. You should be knowing yeah. this. You should know this. That's the easiest question. I, I got. Uh, give me the top five wide receivers in this class. Oh God, he'll never get it. Mario Williams. Top uh, I mean, five uh, wide Mario receivers Harris. in this class. <laughs> Come on, man. Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, that's one. Uh, I don't know why I'm going. Come on, man. Oh, you don't know. For come 20 on. Bucks, can I give you six of them? Can, you, can I give you the six of them at the top for 20 bucks? No, come on. My brain is fried right now. Let, let Jeff do it. How about Malik Neighbors? You know who that guy is? Yes, yes, Troy I know. Franklin, I know Coleman, come on, bro. Rome Adunze, you don't yeah, know who yep, that is. Yep. Troy Franklin, Brian Thomas yep, Jr. Yep, I know, I know everybody. I'm just drawing the blank on the name. Hey Nithin, which quarterback that we mentioned before did Rome Adunze play with? <laughs> I know. Yeah, Caleb Williams. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Caleb Williams? Nope, he was not. No, okay. Washington. Come on, I'm giving, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a hint. Who's Michael the quarterback? Bennett. Yes, Michael hey. Bennett. Come on. Oh my God. Come on, Niffin. I'm trying to help you here. I mean, you're you're going to promote the NR Hour, and you don't know who the top five guys for quarterback and top five for wide receivers. I'll tell you what. I. I, I Give me the number one defensive player in this class. Number one. Hmm. Uh, oh, God. Come on. This. Come on. <laughs> Let's see. Come on. This is easy. I'll give you a hint. He plays for Alabama. Oh, yeah. Um, fuck. A defensive end, right? No. It's not a defensive end. He's more of a linebacker, but you, you want to put him at defensive yeah, end. You could say edge rusher. Yeah, yes. It's, 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 yes. Know. Who is it? Like I said, I'm drawing blanks on these names. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, Nithin, he shares a uh, first name with the football team you root for. <laughs> oh, Dallas. Uh... Come on. <laughs> Come on, Nithin. Dude, you know he's looking it up. You know he's Come looking on, it up. Come on, Nithin. Come on, uh, Dallas, uh, I don't know, man. Dallas, <laughs> Vincent, Dallas. Dallas, what? Come on. Come on. Just st- spit it out. Spit it out. We're giving you a chance here. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what, is, what was more humiliating. Sean tried to name Mets players last week. All right, Jeff, give us the top four. De- <laughs> Jeff, give us the top four defensive players in this class. <laughs> Uh, top four defensive players. Top four, be because well, it, they could be debatable. Is there room for like yes, maybe one's fifth or sixth? Yes. Okay, then give- I would give you two from Alabama and Terry on Arnold, or three from Alabama, Terry on Arnold, uh, Kool Aid McKinstry, and then yep. Dallas Turner. There right? you go. 
Dallas Turner. Turner yep. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Yep. I know who Dallas is. <laughs> well, I just gave you the top three from Alabama. I didn't put them necessarily in, in that right, order. But... Right. right now, it, it's probably Dallas Turner one, Kool-Aid number two. So Dallas Turner's. Dallas Turner, Dallas Turner is going to the Dallas Cowboys. No, he's, he's not. not. <laughs> what are you nuts? Yeah. You wish. He's not falling into the 20s. What are you nuts? You want, to, you want to trade another first round pick to trade up to number 12 or something to get him? I'll be surprised if Dallas Turner falls out of the top 10. And if he does, he goes 11 or 12. Right. I mean, he's. I mean, I mean look, it could happen. A lot of offense at the top. Sure. Yes. A lot of offense at the top. But yep. think about it. The yep. first three yep. draft picks are basically guaranteed to be quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Yep. For the most part. Right, so the so the draft starts at four, and when the draft starts at four, you're probably going to see all offense from there too because you got Maserati, Marv, and Neighbors at six. Who knows what the Chargers doing? But that's probably either tight end or offensive line. They might right? trade back too if the team wants to draft a quarterback. Right, like the first, like legitimately, the first six, seven, eight picks could are probably going to be all offense. Yeah, I think yeah. that too. I I think the first three picks will be quarterback. The fourth pick will be a wide receiver. That's what I predict. The the fifth pick will probably well, be an offensive line. Based on trades, though, yeah. too. The interesting thing that that's gonna everybody's gonna be watching is the Chicago Bears are number one. What they're gonna do? They already said what they're do, they're going to do. They're drafting Caleb Williams. There was a story coming out, and that's what I'm gonna get into right now. Hold on one second, Nathan. We're gonna mute you for a second because I, I want to read this right here. ESPN reporter, uh, ESPN Bears reporter. Uh, Courtney Cronin says that the Bears are looking to trade Justin Fields before free agency begins. NFL Network's Albert Breer believes he could see Justin Fields' deal happening uh, during the combine. I don't believe that's going to happen. The Falcons are currently betting favorites to trade for Justin Fields, but the Steelers and Raiders have also expressed interest. Fields' social media manager posted a video of him celebrating at the thought that he would be playing for the Falcons. Fields is from Kennesaw, Georgia, before transferring to Ohio State. Market value expects that the Bears to get a second-round pick and another day-three pick for a potential trade for Justin Fields. The Bears hold both the number one and number nine overall picks in this year's draft. I believe Justin Fields was is going to be traded. I, I don't believe it'll be during the combine. I think after the combine, when free agency opens up before the draft, I think they'll decide on where and how they're going to move him and what they're going to move him for. I do believe Justin Fields should be held on to by the Chicago Bears. I think they should move out of that number one pick, maybe two spots, try to keep building this roster and, and, and try to add more first-round draft picks in the future. When, when you look at this team and, and what this team could be next year, they could be a borderline <clears throat> playoff team. They really could. Yep. And, and right now, I would bet they have a better chance of making the playoffs next year with Justin Fields than bringing in Caleb Williams and letting him learn a new offense. Now, I do believe Washington is a team that wants to jump from two to one. That's why they brought Kingsbury in. Kingsbury worked with Caleb Williams over there at USC uh, with Lincoln Riley. It makes a lot of sense on why he decided to take that job over the Seattle Seahawks job because I think the Washington commanders believe they can jump and, and get to that one number one spot to get Caleb Williams. I, I, I also believe when you look at the Chicago Bears, they're an organization that doesn't do very well on drafting quarterbacks, as we've seen over the last, I don't know, 30 years. They're not very good at it. But 
They have a quarterback, and I believe they won in that draft. Because if you look what Trevor Lawrence is, and, and again, Trevor Lawrence could still be one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. But right now, I think he dropped from one of the elite uh, quarterbacks in the league to fall into that second-tier type of quarterback. And you look at Justin Fields. Justin Fields, when he did play this year, he put up the numbers. He ran the ball very, very well. He, and and, and he, he looked like he was a, a, a really um, – Everybody keeps talking about he's just a running quarterback. He's not a pocket-present quarterback. He made a lot of throws to DJ Moore. You saw the difference when, when he had a wide receiver that actually can go for the ball. So I, I, I do believe that maybe if Chicago decides to trade out of that pick and add a Marvin Harrison Jr. as their number two guy, and you have him on one side, and you have DJ Moore on the other, well, then you have something there. And, and they, again... There, there's a good chance that one of these running backs that could be available, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, or one of these guys, you can add him to the mix, or one of them to the mix, and then you have an efficient offense. And by the way, their offensive line played, played very well last year. From a team and an offensive line that was really at the in the 20s, you know, the year before, they moved all the way up into the early, the the... the the low teens, I think they were 12 or 13 yep. uh, this year as, as far as the offensive line is concerned. So they played very well in front of whoever the quarterback was. So I, I just, if I were the Chicago Bears right now, I think they move out of that pick, try to add at least two first-round draft picks because you, you can really drop from one to two and then fall from two to four or something of that magnitude. And you could still land a Malik Neighbors on the other side and have Malik Neighbors on one side and DJ Moore on the other. It, it makes a lot of sense. And again, you look at the enticing for these other quarterbacks because other teams are going to be scared that they're going to go in the top three. That could give the Bears other options to do that right away as well. Even if it's not the Commanders and the Patriots trading for them, there could be other teams that could leap in. The Bears could get very similar value to what they got last year. Because remember, they got... Carolina went from nine to one. So if Atlanta goes from eight to one, you got to expect similar value. Ryan Poles is a good GM. He's going to force that kind of similar value. You think he's a good GM? I think he's done very well so far in two years. A lot of the draft picks that they've had. He's a good GM. Underrated. Yeah. Their late round draft picks have actually been really good. I agree with you on Everflus. I'm still not sold on him as a head coach, but, and I think the coaching has sometimes held Justin Fields back too, because Justin Fields, I think the bigger reason he didn't develop was he didn't get a lot of passing volume either. The Bears had the lowest amount of pass attempts in 2022, and I think they were like fifth lowest last year. So it just definitely wasn't ideal circumstances. I don't think the roster's perfect yet, but I definitely think it's a lot better than where it was two years ago. They could be a borderline playoff team next year. They could. Go ahead, Nathan. Speak up. Go ahead. Let's hear the rubbish that comes out of your mouth. Whoa, whoa. Come on, man. I'm just – all right. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question right now about your Chicago Bears. Hold on. Hold on. Who is the backup quarterback of the Chicago Bears? Oh, I know. Pick me. The backup quarterback? Backup quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I know. Pick me. I know. The backup quarterback for the Bears is – um. What's his name? Pick um, me. What's his name? Uh, uh, that, that rookie. That rookie. Um, Tyson Bajan. I forgot the name. Uh, Tyson Bajan. Uh, yes, Come on, spit it out, Tyson Bajan. <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? How do you know if the GM is good if you can't even tell me who the backup quarterback is? I mean, I can answer that question, too. Who's the starting? Who's the starting running back of the Chicago Bears? It's been. It really was three. It was three running backs. Right, it was kind year. of a rotation. Yeah, but there was yeah, one. Three, three Khalil back. Herbert, pick me. Who is it? Khalil Herbert, Montgomery. 
Montgomery. Montgomery. He's playing. Wait, hold on. He's playing for the Lions. <laughs> David Montgomery. He's playing for the Lions. <laughs> I love you, Nathan. Yo. Yes, John. Also, Deontay <laughs> Foreman kind of took over that role in the second half. Yes. Dude, you see, we had uh, Tyler Crawford came on our show also after your show. I saw. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> you had to get him in. Did you get Sean to come I mean, with you too? <laughs> this is unreal. This I have is one more. No, I have no, one. No. I have one more question for you because you're a Dallas no, no, Cowboy speaking, fan, okay? Speaking of, no, speaking of Saquon Barkley, though, um, he's interested in Houston right now. I heard. Yes. Yes. Everybody's interested in Houston. They have uh, an unbelievable quarterback in C.J. Stroud, rookie offensive player of the year. Uh, they have a great wide receiving tandem in Dell and and Collins. I, I mean. They're they're going to be good next year, and they're going to be good for many many years to come. They have a ton of draft stock this year again. I, I mean, they're 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 set, and they're and they have a great coach in D'Amico D'Amico Ryan. So I, I think that everything that the Texans have proven last year, they're going to be even better next year, and and they're really. The best team in their division. I, Jaguar, the Jaguars need to prove himself this coming year because I think they've fallen off. And Indianapolis, is Richardson going to be healthy all season long? And is that shoulder going to be 100% healthy? Because he hurt his throwing arm. And that could affect him moving forward as a starting quarterback uh. in the NFL. So, but I have a question for you. One more question before we let you oh, go. God. Here's a question because you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, right? And that's you gotta let you gotta let you gotta let Jeff go too. I, I will, I will. Here, here's the question, and this is a good one. Who are the two top tight ends on that roster? Jake Ferguson. Okay. And then Payne Hendershot. <laughs> okay, you know your Cowboys apparently. All right, all right. One more question. One more question, and I, I'm gonna leave you alone now. Who was the second player on the team that had the second most sacks on the team right behind Michael Parsons? Oh, that was, uh, what do you call it? That was um, DeMarcus Lawrence. <laughs> That's easy. I gave you easy ones. Who's the backup quarterback for the, New <laughs> <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I know. Trey I know. Trey Lance and Cooper Rush. <laughs> the great Cooper Rush. All right, all right, my friend. But, uh, but um, so this Sunday we're doing an event with Dallas Strawberry at the Woodbridge Woodbridge Brewing Company from five to seven, and then um, we just we just announced that uh, we're doing an event with uh, Jose Canseco April twenty seven too. Oh, how wonderful! The guy that ruined baseball. Let's go over there. Let's go meet Jose Canseco and meet the guy that ratted out baseball for many, many years and threw everybody under the bus, which screwed around all these Hall of Famers and all these guys that could have been in the Hall of Fame. Thank you to Jose. I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come and meet Jose Canseco and just attack Jose. That's what I'm going to do. You shouldn't yeah, be here. I don't want your autograph. Come to the Wilbur's Brewing Company, April 27. You want, you, you want me to pay for tickets? No, I can get you as media. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll come just to, to pick on Jose Canseco. That's what I yeah. want to do. I'll tell you what. I'll bring his book and I'll tell him to sign it. And then when I give it to him, I'm going to say, here, I'm going to give it to you because nobody's buying it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'll sign it for you. Yeah, 
the, this Sunday, Daryl Strawberry, so we'll be we'll doing an event with Daryl Strawberry, so that's going to be a good one. I love Daryl. I met Daryl a couple of times. He's a fantastic personality, uh, very big churchgoer, and uh, he speaks at yeah, a lot of churches yep. around the country. So I, I love uh, Daryl Strawberry, fantastic person, and, and really everything that he's done after baseball really stands out. So, uh, Niffin, yeah. thank you for calling, buddy. We love you. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon, hey, my friend. Hey, and uh, you guys keep up the great work also, and uh, Speedy and Arrow, you guys do a great job at the show, and Thank you. Uh, and uh, also, we gotta we gotta uh, work together too at some point. Also, all right. Well, well, let's let's stay out of trouble now. I, I, you're driving, and you're talking on a radio show. It's not that's not safe, man. Are you drinking? I know. Are you drinking? No, 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 no. Smoking? No, I'm, uh, we, I, like I said, we were covering a basketball game today. I mean, Derek is drinking a beer right now. I think. I mean, he's getting ready to come on. I, I think he's drinking a beer, but he's not driving like you. Wait. So. That, Stay that, safe. That, is, is Stay that safe. Is that, your, is that your guest, Derek? No, Derek is our let's parlay, our betting man, betting our guy. handicapper. I mean, come on, man. You oh. want to make some money, you should be listening. What's wrong with you here? Hurry up. One more question. Now, one more question. Who's the third best quarterback in this class? One, two, three. Here we go. Drake May. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Love you, Nathan. Thank you for calling, bud. All right, see you guys. Nathan, NR Hour. Check him out. He's he's got all his social media. He's fun. He's a funny guy. He really is funny. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, he thinks Ryan Poles is a good GM. He's a Cowboys fan. Anyone's a good GM compared to what the Cowboys do. <laughs> Oh, man. Nithin is one piece of work, let me tell you. He really is. I mean, all the questions, Jeff. All the questions. We were helping him out. We were feeding him the answers. He didn't know. He didn't know. know. He still almost knows as much as you do. Oh, shut up, you. Oh, here he goes. There he goes. Pretty close, right? Pretty close, right? No, not at all. But uh, No, you you don't even know good people's names. People's names. Could you you please? What is wrong with you? What, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Are you trying to piss me off? I was standing up for the Jets. Oh, yeah. You were standing oh, up yeah. for the Jets. I'm, You're a I'm Patriot fan. Try dra- draft someone from Kensaw. Goodbye, Jeff. Thank you for calling the show. Come on. We got, we got to get Thank you help you. reading. Thank you. Hang up the phone on this idiot. He's an absolute jerk off, okay? It's, seriously. I mean, honestly, I, I have to try to help this guy out. I, I lead him to stray and then he speaks and says the dumb things that he does I, I will say this i give jeff a lot of credit because he knows his college football i always say that for all the stupid things that jeff comes out with with his nfl predictions and all that other stuff the guy knows his college football he does and 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 when we when we do this every single year when we we go from the first round from one to thirty we, you know, Jeff really hits on a lot of them. He does. And remember the year that we hit on almost I know, all you of two them? Matched, like, we completely. matched all the way yeah. up to 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were almost dead on together. But Jeff is good when it comes to college football and college basketball. He, he knows his college sports. He bets a lot. He's a handicapper. But 
Speaking of betters, when we come back, our guests, and we do this every single week, there is no Wes, there's no Johnny Reno, there is no Chaz. I think Chaz is lost, hanging out with, I don't know, Nithin or somebody else. Uh, but when we come back, we will have Mr. Mountaineer himself, Derek Mountain, here on the Sports Loudmouth. This is the Sports Loudmouth. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, the Speedster, Speedy Petey. Are you okay, Speedy? Are you you okay? You calm down. Nithin's gone. You're, everything's good. Everything's good. Right? You good? Yeah. You seem calm. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including our Sports Loudmouth show. I I was about to say legally stuff, but I'm not going to say it. Anyways, uh, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith at 7 p.m. every single Wednesdays and Thursdays. All you have to do to go to our website is go to www.worldwidesportsradio.com and check out all our local listings. I'm like like all over the place today. I, 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 you know what it is? Last night, I didn't go to bed till 5.30. I, I don't know what it was, but I couldn't sleep, and I actually went for a walk. And it was windy, and it was rainy outside. And it stopped, and it, for some reason, for the, the 50 minutes that I started to walk, it completely stopped. No wind, no rain. And then when I, when I was walking home, a torrential downpour. I was, I was running through the rain. It woke me up. I didn't go to bed till 5.30. I had to get up at 7 o'clock. So I had no sleep last night because I have sleep apnea. And, you know, I'm here. I'm here to entertain you guys. But there's another guy that's here to entertain us. And it's not World Wide West. It is not Chaz. It's not Reno Johnny. It's not Hector. It's not any of those guys. We have Derek Mountain, Mountaineer Mountain here. And we call this segment every single week, Let's Parlay. Parlay, It's time for Let's Parlay. Derek, 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 how is Boston over there? No complaints over here, Errol. How you doing? Well, I, I ju- you just heard I didn't get much sleep. I never get any sleep. But last night, for some reason, I couldn't sleep. It was like 3.45, 3.50 in the morning. I said, you know what? I'm taking a walk. I had a walk. I get. It, I have my girlfriend yelling at me for for some reason, yelling at me. What the hell is it? So I get. I throw on my raincoat. I'm walking outside. It's beautiful. It, it stops. It stops raining. It stop, It's no more wind. It was. It was. They said it was supposed to be windy, like twenty mile per hour winds. And I'm walking outside. All of a sudden, it was like it was like Moses parting the sea. I walked. All the way down, probably a mile and a half. And then all of a sudden I said, okay, I can walk back. As soon as I started to walk back, the wind started to pick up. The rain started to come down. And I'm running for dear life to my house. By the time I came out here, it looked like it came out of the shower. I said, you know what, I'm not going back to sleep. I winded up watching The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. I watched the whole movie. And then I had to go to work. So that was my night. Thank you very much. And I'm here. I'm here entertaining you. That's a good night right there. By the way, I love The Lord of the Rings, and I love The Hobbit. I love those movies. So I could sit and watch them completely through. And as soon as I saw Frodo Baggins and my precious, uh, you know, I I had to watch it. But anyways, uh, uh, how are you? How's the family doing? Good. 
Good. Same old. Um, no, nothing newsworthy, really. You know, <laughs> they're plugging away. Brian's Brian. But, uh, uh, Brian yeah, is Brian. I, I have to. I I know I, I told Brian the other day I was going to reach out to him this week. It's been a little busy, but uh, I'm going to an event in the next couple of weeks. So I, I need to speak to Ryan. I mean, Brian. I said Brian. So Brian, and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to him. As everybody knows, Brian is my agent and my manager and uh, a guy that pushes me to strive for the stars. I don't know if he says it that way, but, you know, you know your brother. He doesn't say it that way. He doesn't use those words. But, you know, he, he tries to beat around the bush. That's what he likes to do. I mean, he, you know your brother. He always says, well. That's what they have to do. That's what agents have to do, though. They, they're, uh, they're the human meat shield for you. Maybe you should be an agent. I, I could see you being no, an agent. No, you don't want to be dad. You don't want to no be. Thanks. You don't want to. You want to be your other, older brother. You are a giant compared to your brothers, by the way. You are an absolute giant. Yes, it's very weird. It is. I, I said that to your father when I spoke to your father. I, I think it was like a year and a half ago when I was on the phone with him. I said, "Man, your son's coming all different sizes. <laughs> you got a five eight. You got a 5'11", and then you have a 6'4 guy. I mean, seriously, what are the, what are the chances? I mean, your oldest is the smallest. Your middle man, your, your middle baby, Kyle, he's he's 5'11", and then your your, your baby is is I'm six foot four. Man. Yeah, maybe maybe they just you know maybe your mom was hanging out with somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you all look the same, so yeah. I doubt that. I, I don't believe that. But anyways, are you ready to make your picks? Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going four in a row. Yep, four in a row, right. my friend. All right, so I will start NBA, the second TNT game, so the finals rematch from last year's Heat Nuggets. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler over five and a half assists for plus money. Um, he's had 34 in his last four games. He's coming back from his one-game suspension, his questionable suspension where he's put in a headlock last game. Um there's no Tyler Hero tonight, so I, I think Jimmy's going to have the ball a lot more in his hands. He's going to play facilitator like he has the last couple weeks. Um, and this matchup especially against the Nuggets, he's gonna they're going to throw a lot of wings at him, just like they did last year in the finals. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, a little bit of Jamal Murray. Um, and with those matchups, with all the bodies that the Nuggets can throw at him, I think Butler's going to have the chance to, to be more of a point guard tonight, more of a facilitator. He's going to lean more on guys like Bam, Terry Rozier to, to score and to keep the game close against Denver. So I'm going to take his over on assists at five and a half. Um, next, I will go to college basketball. Uh, my next two picks, I'll stay in college basketball. So I'm going to go to the Gonzaga-San Francisco game. I'm going to take the points with San Francisco, the Dons. Um, they played Gonzaga really tough a month ago at Gonzaga. They lost by five. They were leading at halftime. I think they match up really well against this Gonzaga team who sits squarely on the bubble. Gonzaga needs this game, but what comes with those kinds of games, the other team can play spoiler. Uh, they might be pressing a little bit, Gonzaga. Um, and San Fran just matches, matches up well. Like I said, they, they had a close game last month, but this team is top 15 in the country in terms of effective field goal percentage on defense. They have a true rim protector in Jonathan Mogba, who is probably the best player in this game. Uh, for my money, he's a, he's a real NBA prospect. He's one of the only guys in the West Coast Conference that can contain Graham E.K., the big man of Gonzaga. Um, 
And the Gonzaga guards, they're, they're, they're pretty iffy. Um, so I, I, I really think the San Fran defense can, can kind of turn up the heat on them. They force turnovers at a high rate. You're getting four and a half points here. So we don't have to win the game. We, we can even lose by two possessions. We can lose by four points, still win the spread here. So I'm going to take San Fran plus four and a half points tonight. Um, and my second college basketball pick going to be the late slate again, USC with the points. They are plus seven and a half against Washington State. Um, Washington State is coming off a tough loss. So I, I don't love the, situa the situational spot in terms of fading a Washington State team that's probably going to be sharper tonight, coming off a very bad loss against Arizona State. But seven and a half points is a lot of points to lay for a team that plays one of the slowest in terms of pace, in terms of tempo in the country. According to Ken Palm, uh, US, or Washington State is 700, or 319th in the country <laughs> in Division One out of 362 Division One teams. So they're in that bottom quadrant in terms of pace. They play the snail's pace. They want to make it a half-court game. That's fine. USC has the better guards in this game. Isaiah Collier has played much better. Boogie Ellis has played much better. USC has been able to hang tough against the likes of Arizona. They, they beat UCLA recently. They beat Oregon. So they've been a really disappointing team at large the entire year. Their out-of-conference slate was not good, but they, they've gotten it together in the Pac-12. They have the better guards in this matchup. I, I worry about their size disadvantage in this matchup. But again, like I said, they have the better guards. We got to keep this one within seven. They're getting seven and a half points here. So I will take the points with USC. And my last pick, I'm going to go back to the NBA. You take another underdog. Uh, this is one where you're going to have to kind of hold your nose here. I, I don't like the team we're betting on, but I'm just taking the situational spot. We're taking the Wizards plus nine and a half against the Lakers. Um, look, the Lakers had a great game last night on ESPN. Errol, you might have stayed up and watched it. Yeah, I did. I did, actually. I did watch the game. I hate the Lakers. Points. Lakers come storming all the way back. LeBron has 19 of his 34 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, the LeBron performance, he's been fantastic this year. But that 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 game is, is going to kind of empty the gas tank for the Lakers. Coming off of back-to-back, they got the Wizards. This is just a sleepy spot, right? LeBron has the questionable tag, so if LeBron doesn't play, that helps us. But even if he does play, he's coming off 37 minutes. He was carrying that team in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be very sharp tonight. In this spot specifically, the Lakers are 3-8 and eight against the spread on the second game of the back-to-back -back this year. They're 0-4 in the same spot as favorites. So... I'm, I'm just going to take the situational spot here. I, I don't like betting my money on the Wizards. It's not <laughs> fun. But they're 27-29 and 29 against the spread this year. It's not a good team, but they cover the number basically half the time. So let, let's just hope they keep this one within nine points. They're getting nine and a half here. So I will take the Wizards as my final pick. All right, quickly before we go to break and get our guest on, uh, Wes had texted a couple plays as well. He's got Coastal Carolina covering plus 15 against James Madison. That is tomorrow. He's got, uh, he's got in terms of Utah State and Air Force, Air Force covering 16 and a half. He's got Dayton minus two at Loyola Chicago, and then Tennessee on Saturday plus six covering against Alabama. Derek, before we let you go, is LeBron James worth $60 million a year? Um, on the floor, no, but economically, maybe. 
if you were everything that he brings to your franchise, maybe. Yeah, but do, does he bring winning right now with to your team? I I, I doubt it. I mean, it's not his fault the Lakers. Are yeah, so you're gonna give him that. sixty million dollars, Derek? Come on, you could rebuild this team. Trade him away. What else are they gonna do? Trade him. I would trade him. I'd say LeBron. Where do you want to go? Do that though. I he mean, Bron- like nobody's drafting your son. He stinks. I mean, seriously. He's nobody's drafting that, him. Though. He's not going to, what do you trade him to whoever? He, he's not gonna, He's not doing that. I disagree. I, I think LeBron James should be traded. I, I'm not paying him $60 million, uh, three years, $60 million contract for, I think it's $180 million altogether. That's what he wants. That's what he's asking. I mean, he's made enough money. He's a multi-billionaire. And even though he's taken less when he played for Miami, he wanted to win those championships. And then he decided to go back to Cleveland and play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And he, he wins another championship. I I... I do believe LeBron James could still play at a top, at a high level, but could he win again? And could you win with LeBron James with two other superstars on a team? I don't know. I, I don't know. He has Anthony Davis right now on the team. He has a bunch of nobodies, and they're not really winning. I think they're the 10th seed right now in the Western Conference. I, I just I'm not overpaying LeBron James when I need to figure out how I can take this team to that take that team to the next level again. I mean. They've always been a winning organization. They've always gotten the super superstars. I say superstars because they do, but superstars. And and Magic Johnson seems to you know talk these guys into coming and playing for the Lakers. I just have this this problem right now. I think the Lakers are on their way out and down. And I think the Lakers in the next ten years are not going to win a championship. I, I no matter what they do. Now they're talking about Don, Donovan Mitchell going there, and you know, there's no way Donovan Mitchell's going over there. And if they pay LeBron James sixty million a year, how are they going to pay Donovan Mitchell? So it doesn't make sense. That's my that's my spiel over there with LeBron that's James. I, I think LeBron should be traded. Ask LeBron where you want to go, except New York. Keep New York out of your mouth. I don't want to hear New York. Keep him away from New York. Go to Brooklyn. Go play uh, with the selfless Kevin Durant team. All right? So, Who, by the way, spoke uh, about that, too, about the Knicks and choosing between the Knicks and the Nets uh, when he had a chance to choose between both of them. So I, my, my thought here is if, if you look at where LeBron James is, they have no chance in hell of winning. Move on from LeBron James. Move on to that. Move on and, and try to bring in some young players and young kids uh, to move forward with this team and this organization. But, Derek, we will speak next week. Hopefully you come on so we have you and Wes. Everybody's waiting for you yes. two to go back and forth. But uh, we love you. Keep up the good work. Say hello to the girlfriend. I will. Thanks, guys. Derek Mountaineer Mountain, fantastic personality. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the Sports Loudmouth, we gotta, we we have to make him smile. I mean, come on, we we need to make this guy smile. Uh, we always make all our guests smile. Speedy, this is a very important thing that we need to do when we come back. When we come back, we will be talking to Carolina Panthers defensive lineman Chris Warmly here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth. Oh, I like this. Chris likes this. Come on. It's a little before his time. <laughs> or he was a baby when this came out. <clears throat> 631! 
Yes, you heard it. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to The Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in and listen to our shows and check out our local listings is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Thank you to Derek for Let's Parlay. And now for the first time on our show, we are introducing and we are now talking to Carolina Panthers defensive lineman, Chris Warmly. Chris, what's up, buddy? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. I mean, we got to make you smile. I mean, there's a lot to smile about. (laughs) Season's over. I mean, you get a chance to watch the Combine. You get to watch some of the next superstars. We have J.J. McCarthy. I I mean, I, I mean... You're from the University of Michigan, so you should be excited. Jim Harbaugh is back in the league. He's coaching the Chargers. Maybe you get a chance to play him this year. Who knows what happens? But anyways, how are you? How, how has the offseason been for you for the last couple of weeks? Uh, life's been good, man. Been back uh, home with the family. Uh, been able to enjoy some downtime. Got to watch some of the combine uh, today. Um, you know, I think Michigan has the most players from any college this year, so there's a lot of guys that I get to tune in and watch. Um, so it's an exciting time right now. Obviously, you kind of go go about a you know a little less than a month from uh, from the Super Bowl uh, with a little bit of a football lull, but now you get back into it with uh, you know the combine, the draft, uh, free agency's you know getting heating up here in the next couple of weeks. So it's exciting time for uh, for football, even though there aren't there aren't any games being played. You're a young guy, and you grew up in Toledo, Ohio. It's a it's a different place of living. Uh, I mean. Ohio is a you know, boring place to live. I mean, ask LeBron James. But what is it like? What, what is it like playing football over there? How big is football over there in Ohio? Ohio. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say Ohio is a top five, top five state for high school football. Uh, it's a lot better than New York football where you guys are at. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it was good, man. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of cornfields, a lot of uh, flatlands, not, not many beaches like you guys do in Long Island. But um, it was it was cool. It was cool to you know be raised there and, and to grow up there. Um, going to Michigan was a little tough. Uh, being from Ohio, got a lot of crap for that, but um, <laughs> you know made the right decision. I think in my mind, um, but uh, it's been good. Ohio's right. good to me. Have you been, been to Long me. Island? Have you checked out the beaches over here? <laughs> no, I have. Uh, one of one of my good buddies from college is from Long Island, and uh, he hypes it up pretty good. So right, you, you I got to make it out there one listen, time. Listen, you got to come out here. We'll show you around. There's beautiful wineries. The summer. I am not a big fan of the heat. Okay, I hate. I hate the heat. This weather, sure. 45, 46 degrees. My kind of weather, man. I, it's just me. But we have beautiful weather over here. I mean, there's beautiful women. I know you're probably married, and you know. You're, I so I'm going. Yeah, I'm married I'm, two girls, man. Two kids. Right. So I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay close. Bring your wife and your kids. Yeah. Yeah. The, wineries. the wineries, yeah, wine- Fire Island. Have you ever been to Fire Island? I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it is beautiful. You, you take a ferry over there. There's beautiful beaches, beautiful clubs, and, you know, for all you know, grown ups and kids and all this other stuff. So there's a lot to do over here in Long Island. I think you really should check it out. But uh, well, you're, we're you're, not- you're selling me. You're selling me. Right, listen, I could sell you more, man. I could sell you more. I mean, <laughs> our sports teams absolutely blow, but you know, <laughs> I mean, okay. if you're coming to watch the Jets or the Giants, good luck. If you're coming to watch the Rangers and the Islanders, at least you have the Rangers. And the Knicks are playing great basketball, but the Nets look like a, a peewee basketball team. So, uh, yeah, our our sports are just perfect, and, and you're right. 
uh, we are in New York, New York college, uh, New York high school football isn't the best, but New Jersey football is pretty good over here. So uh, we have some good football players that come out of here, the, the tri-state area. Right, Speedy? I would say so. So I wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned uh, the rivalries of uh, the, the rivalries of you playing at Michigan. You also played with uh, two rivals of the Ohio football teams, the Ravens and the Steelers, and two of which have uh, yeah. iconic coaches for this era, John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. Like, what are some of the big differences with their coaching styles? Um, I would say both are both are great. I was very fortunate to be drafted to to Baltimore, uh, and then I was uh, traded traded from from uh, Baltimore to Pittsburgh. Only the second player in the uh, in in the history of the Ravens and and Steelers to be traded uh, amongst each other. Um, but like I said, I was very fortunate to be drafted by by Harbaugh and, and the Ravens. And Harbaugh is very um, he's a great coach. I think he's very uh, he likes things to go his way. Um, he's very uh, stuck in his ways when it comes to how he wants things done, which is fine. It's, it's worked for him. And, and I, I learned a lot of discipline and, and uh, hard work from him. And Tomlin is, is definitely more of a player's coach, um, both great in their own respects. Um, and, and I learned a lot from playing from both of them. Um, but I think as I get older, uh, I, I lean towards being, being around Tomlin a little more. Uh, once I kind of got the understanding of the NFL, how it's ran, how you should conduct yourself day in and day out, especially on game days, I leaned a little bit more towards uh, Coach Tomlin's coaching style. We are talking to Carolina Panthers defensive lineman Chris Warmly. You know, Chris, your Michigan Wolverines won a national champion- championship finally. Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL. Where were you at the time when the Wolverines won their first national championship in a very long time? Man, I was I was driving back home from from Charlotte back to Michigan. Uh, had a little issue with my U-Haul trailer on the way back in the middle of uh, West Virginia, so I uh, just caught it on the radio for the for the whole game. I thought I was going to make it back in time for the second half, and uh, got got a little sidetracked in in the middle of West Virginia. So uh, watched it or listened to it uh, on the radio. Um, incredibly happy for the guys. Um, couldn't have happened to a better group of guys. And um, excited for, for Jim and what he did and what he had to go through to get to that point. Um, I played for him my last two years at Michigan um, and to see where he took that program to where it was when we were five and seven in 2014 to 10 years later, uh, a national championship. Um, it's pretty special, not just for those players and the coaches there, but um, everyone who has played uh, for the winged helmet. So Jim Harbaugh now transitions back to the NFL. What do you think uh, the second time around his coaching style will be like from what he's done at Michigan to now in comparison to what he did with the 49ers? Yeah, I think a lot has changed in 10 years since he's been in the NFL. Obviously, he was very successful with the 49ers, NFC championships, uh, went to the Super Bowl and lost to his brother um, back in, I think, 2012. Yep. Um, but he's he's seen the transition from um, – obviously the NFL to the to the college and now college back to the NFL. But there are so many things over these last even really two or three years in college that have made it seem more like the NFL with NIL um, and what those guys are coming in from high school uh, expecting. And now he gets to transition to, um, you know, what those top guys, those top rookies are, are looking for when they get to the NFL. Um, he's going to have a little less control when he gets back to the NFL. Uh, I think he enjoyed that control uh, when he was at Michigan. Um, but these are, these are, these are grown men. Now, a lot of guys have mortgages and, and car payments and, and families and, and, uh, private schools they got to pay for. So they're not going to be looking for, uh, for a babysitter. They're going to look for a coach who's, who's had a lot of success and a coach who uh, knows how to win. I think that, I think that's with, uh, that's going to happen with Jim. Obviously they have a great quarterback in Herbert 
and uh, to have an offensive-minded coach now with with Harbaugh, I think it's going to be a um, a pretty nice duo with those guys for a long time. Chris, there was a lot of questions this year for the Carolina Panthers and the coaching. I thought Frank Wright was going to be a coach for there there for a very very long time, and something happened. Uh, some people said he lost the locker room. Some people said he wasn't getting along with certain players. Some people said that the coaching staff weren't seeing eye to eye. I mean, obviously, I know you don't want to throw your team under the bus. Was there something going on that nobody knows about with the Carolina Panthers on why Frank Wright was let go? Uh, I mean, I think bottom line is we sucked. <laughs> we we went two and fifteen. And uh, that, that's on the players, that's on the coaches, that's on, you know, the front office, that's on, on everybody mm. that was involved in the organization. Um, and when you have an owner like, like Mr. Tepper, who uh, wants results really fast, um, and who's been successful uh, in every other venture of his life, um, it's kind of like a put up or shut up type of, uh, of business. That's, and that's the NFL in general. Mm. Um, I think um, if I was a head coach, I would have liked to see myself uh, stick it out for at least the year. Um, but those are, those are tough decisions you have to make as an owner and as a front office. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily one thing that stuck out that was like, Hey, we got to fire this dude. Um, cause like I said, going two and 15, there's, there are so many different issues and things that go wrong within uh, a season that, um, it's hard to be like, Oh, you know, uh, the receivers weren't catching the ball or the defensive line weren't getting sacks, uh, or Frank Wright wasn't calling the right plays. It, it was, um, you know, a list of things that went wrong going two and 15. And when you're the head guy, you usually um, take the brunt of it and, and take most of the blame. So Brian Burns and Derek Brown both had tremendous years. It kind of went under the radar because of, like you said, just the team struggling as a whole. So a lot of people forgot about it. Now they both have uh, big offseason decisions to make, and the Panthers have big offseason decisions to make. What are they like as teammates for one? And number two, what do you think they are worth, like in the free agency market or with the Panthers? <laughs> yeah, um, two great players. Two great players that I know um, want to stay in, in Carolina. I know the fans want them to stay in Carolina. Um, if I go back there next year, I want, I want to be able to play alongside those guys because those guys are great up and coming players who have been ascending for the last four and four and five years. Um, if you're putting a dollar amount on those guys, the, uh, the salary cap just, just went up by $30 million. Um, so I know their agents are, are talking to the, to, to Dan Morgan, who's the new GM, uh, and, and trying to, trying to work out deals, um, especially before free agency opens up. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see what they do. Um, Brian obviously can do it all, really. He can get sacks, uh, can rush the passer. He can get tackles for loss. He can set the edge. Derek Brown is a force in the middle. He set the NFL record uh, for D tackles with the most tackles this year. Um, and two guys who are very durable and can play 90% of the snaps. Um, so I think their value is going to be uh, – I think they put their value out there the last couple seasons and, and what they should be paid. Um, and I'm excited to see them to get, get, what all, get everything that they deserve. We are talking to Carolina Panthers defensive lineman Chris Warmly. You know, Chris, everybody throughout the season were taking shots at Bryce Young. I mean, obviously the Carolina Panthers move up. They they bring in Bryce Young. There were some questions about C.J. Stroud winning rookie offensive rookie of the year. And Bryce Young really has taken the brunt. And a lot of people have been throwing him. Uh, throwing him under the bus, not your team, but everybody else. I've been throwing him under the bus. He's too small. He doesn't fit in the NFL. He doesn't. His body type doesn't fit in the NFL. What could you tell us about Bryce Young that other people don't know? And tell us why you believe Bryce Young could be a star in this league. Uh, I think first and foremost, he's a hell of a leader. 
Um, he was a captain this year, and normally rookies, they, they're told to be seen, not heard. And um, he had to step up and uh, voice his opinions on some things. He had to step up and uh, speak up when mo most of the time or sometimes you're not – you really are, like I said, you're supposed to just be seen and not heard. Um, obviously, the season didn't go the way he wanted or really the whole organization wanted. Um, but I, I have confidence in him um, to have a better year next year. I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for the Panthers to bring in some pieces around him to, to help him uh, grow and mature and, and uh, build, build around him because he's going to be around for at least two or three more years. Um, you, you trade up, uh, you give away a couple first round picks, you trade, um, you know, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey's gone. Uh, he wasn't a part of that trade, but you look at the, the pieces that they had this year. Um, and I know they're going to be looking to, uh, to build around him. I'm excited to see what they can do, um, in this next month or so of free agency. Um, and you know, another year of, of an off season with, with the team. Obviously, it's a new head coach, so trying to learn that playbook uh, for Bryce is going to be another challenge, but he's a smart kid. Um, but I know another year uh, under the belt of just figuring out the NFL world um, is going to do him some good, and uh, I'm excited for him. So a comment and a question from our comment section. Uh, John says, since you're in North Carolina now, you, you should visit the Biltmore, he says. And uh, <laughs> one of our fans, Carl, who's a Michigan fan, asks, uh, if, you, if NIL was around when you were in college at Michigan, what Ann Arbor restaurant would you want to have a deal with? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've never, first of all, I've never heard of Biltmore. Uh, so i got to check that back out when I, when I get back to, uh, to Charlotte. Um, unless it's like a strip club or something, I gotta. He didn't specify, but said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, maybe I'll do my research before. He's I, before married. I, and... I threw him. I, I I got myself into trouble. He's married. He has two kids. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but if uh, if I had nil, there's this place called Frida Batitos. Um, mm. It's a Cuban inspired, uh, uh, really burger joint in Ann Arbor, and it's uh, it's my all time favorite restaurant um, that I've been to. Uh, it's not the prettiest place to have. Uh, picnic benches inside for seating, um, but <laughs> phenomenal food, phenomenal drinks. Um, I would have, I would have begged to uh, to get an NIL deal with them. You know, Chris, you look at your position, defensive line, and there's a lot of good defensive linemen that have been waived this off season, and and now you're looking for a job. Is there a particular team, if not Carolina, you would like to play for a coach that you would like to play for? Um. Man, I would, I would, I would love to go back to Pittsburgh. I spent three seasons there and uh, tore my ACL at the end of my third year there in 2022. And uh, would, would love to go back there and finish up my career if, if it's not for Charlotte and, and the Panthers. Um, also, wouldn't mind spending the next couple of years out in out in Los Angeles with Harbaugh. Um, good weather, uh, a good team. I think they need some pieces on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, and, and offensive line to get things really going for Herbert. Um, I would also love to stay, stay since I live in Michigan now in the off seasons, I'd love to play for the lions. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, they have a great thing going. I grew up in Toledo. So the lions were always on TV growing up and, uh, it was, it was sad times. I, I wasn't even a lions fan growing up because of how poor they were. <laughs> um, and now seeing what they've built over the last two years, two, three years with Dan Campbell, um, and those young guys that they have around them, um, the young piece that they have, it's, it's an exciting time in, in Detroit in the state of Michigan. And I'd love to be a part of that as well. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, whoever's writing my checks, I'm, I'll play for. Um, but if I had, if I had to choose and I was, 
if I was a, a GM of a team, I would say those four teams for sure. I, I will say this. I didn't hear anything with the Jets, okay? I'm a Jet fan. I'm a sad Jet fan, so I didn't hear it. The Lions. He mentioned the Lions, a team that actually is coming out of the woodwork after this year and Dan Campbell and, and what we've seen with LaPorta and, and, and Gibbs and, and St. Brown and all the talent that they have over there. Not the New York Jets. Oh, no, 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 no. New York is not the place I want to go. I want to go back to Carolina, Pittsburgh, L.A., or Detroit. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he said Detroit over New York. Chris. Listen, I'm, I'm a Midwest guy. Chris. Uh, I, live, I live 45 minutes from Detroit now. I wouldn't have to move. My, my daughter could go to school. I'm not going to hate you. Man. I'm not, I love here. you, man. I love you. I just, I'm just I'm hurt. I'm hurt. You know, you the, hurt my feelings. Uh, I, listen, I, I, visit, I visit New York. I got two good buddies that live there. The food's phenomenal. Oh, it's the best. The, uh, Can't lie about that. The city's phenomenal. It gives me a little anxiety if I stay there longer than 48 hours. <laughs> uh, so I might have, to, might have to live in Jersey and just take the, the bridges over uh, for dinner every once in a while. But New York's a great city. Like I said, whoever's writing my checks, uh, I'm the biggest fan of. All right. Um, All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pitch for you. I'm going to make a pitch for you. Okay. Here well, we I'm go. Listening. Yeah, yeah. Woody Johnson. <laughs> Woody, you got one hell of a first name, man. And uh, I don't know if you have a Woody, and if you do have a Woody, maybe you should take your Woody out and write a check to Chris Warmly, okay? We need some def- defensive line help. It seems like every single defensive lineman we bring in free agency can't stay healthy. Chris Warmly is the guy. He doesn't have a tear in his ACL anymore. No Achilles healthy. problems. Good. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's an ex-Michigan Wolverine, as we know Carl loves them. And uh, listen, it's not Jimmy. We have a guy named Robert, and he is Salah. He's Salahing or selling, Speedy, selling away. I mean, seriously, Chris Warmly, you are fantastic. You agree. Have you done this before? Uh, I had a podcast back in the day when I was in Pittsburgh with uh, some some local Pittsburgh uh, guys, some Yinzers as we like to call them, <laughs> and uh, it was fun, man. Love love talking sports, love talking about ball. So uh, okay, let me yeah. ask you a question: What was your favorite sport after football when you were a kid? Uh, like playing or watching? Watching. Uh, probably basketball. Who's your favorite team? Growing up, it was the Pistons. The Pistons. Uh, You're a Detroit. I grew Pistons. up with like Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince. Those, that's when I started really getting into football or basketball. Um, my favorite player of all time is Shaq. Uh, at one time, I was always the tallest kid, and uh, watching him and Kobe, you know, when I was real little, um, was awesome. Obviously, a fan of Kobe as well. Um, being from Ohio, not the biggest LeBron fan, which a lot of people are shocked at. But he, he would always, when, when LeBron was coming up with the Cavs, his first stint with them, he would always beat the Pistons. And they would have battles back and forth in the playoffs. So I, I despised him. Like, I was like, you know, I, I wanted the Pistons to win. I wanted them to, to continue winning championships. And LeBron kind of threw a, threw a dagger in that and uh, kind of really broke them up. And now we've seen what, what the Pistons have been for the last 15 years or so. It's, uh, it's been pretty sad. I, I want to, before, and we're going to introduce somebody because this guy is also a guy that's been on our show quite a few times. He attacks me, but I think you know who he is. He played in the NFL, okay? 
I'm going to introduce him. I'm going to bring him in right now so Chris Warmly can introduce himself. I'm sure our friend Pete Bursick knows who Chris Warmly is. Pete Bursick, what is going on, my friend? Nothing. How are you? Oh, you look so happy to talk to me. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I was, in Indi- I was in Indianapolis for the last, what, three days or two days, whatever. <laughs> Just got back today, so... What do you want to know? Oh, okay. You wanna, what do you want to know? What do you want to know? Before, we have Chris Warmly on, okay? Hi, Chris. How are you? I apologize. Uh, I hate okay? to. Unfortunately, I got to meet you under these circumstances, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. These, these, are, these are good guys, man. They're good guys. No, I know they are. I know. Pete, I want you to do me a favor here. I want sure. you to pitch your Minnesota Vikings to Chris Warmly. Go ahead. Pitch him. How, in what way? <laughs> He's a defensive lineman. You guys need some defensive line help. Come on. Oh, you know what? Let me let me say this. Let All me right, say here this. We go. I don't here know. I don't know if you know Brian Flores or not, oh, or yeah. how well yeah, you yeah. know if you're familiar with the scheme. Um, I so I've been. I mean, I've been around. I played in the league, coached in the league. This is my almost my my 29th year, or whatever. I don't think I've ever seen a system that is more friendly to defensive linemen, especially interior defensive linemen. 100%. With all of the guys that we walk up on, you know, walk up on the line of scrimmage, it's just so hard for teams to double team. Because you know this, and in, in a lot of the, fi- the five-man fronts and teams want to play cover two behind it, so you're short in the run. So what's means, what does that mean? It means everybody up front's got a two-gap, right? Yep. You got to hold up. You got to hold up against the double teams. And, you know, first, second quarter, that's fine. But third and fourth quarter, whereas, you, you know, it's, it's tough. But if there's a spot, I think if I was a defensive tackle, and regardless of money, regardless of weather, regardless of all that kind they, of they stuff. They play in a dome. It's okay. There's a dome there. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're good. So, it, it, it's I think it's just a fabulous place. Um I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, Rob Brzezinski, so I'm not going to sit here and, you know, talk about the facility. I mean, the stadium's unbelievable. The facilities yeah. are unbelievable. Rated number two on the uh, player survey. Um, we barely, I think they barely got, I can't remember who beat them out. Miami. But, uh, oh, Miami, Miami, because it's Miami, and there's no state income hard tax. To be, hard to beat. Right, no, hard to beat uh, Miami. I had, I had the, uh, I was fortunate to be with Brian Flores for a year in Pittsburgh um, after he got let go from uh, Miami. Yeah, uh, Tomlin brought him in as our linebackers coach, and we were—I think we were 32nd in the league in 2021 in the in in, uh, in the run game, stopping the yeah. run. And uh, he came in and implemented a lot of stuff, put his kind of footprint and and uh, um, game plan game planning each week. And he was obviously with the linebackers, but was really heavily into uh, gap fits and where we all fit and how we all play off of each other. Um, and we went from, like I said, 32nd to I think at least the top 10 run stopping team in 2022 so it was um familiar with him familiar with how he wants things to be done and uh you know minneapolis yeah. doesn't scare me when it comes to cold and, and with and when it comes to you know again and so you talk about those guys up front but the guys right behind them too the linebackers i mean it, it's fun it's got to be a fun place to play because you're you know you're not you're not playing quarters all day long and just chasing crossing routes and mismatches and things you know it, it's you get to blitz quite a bit. You get to get after the quarterback. You get to be aggressive. And, and uh, you know, I, I can't think of a better fit for you. So why don't we get the, <laughs> so I can send the paperwork to you? You want to fax it over to you now? Yeah, or... two, two weeks from now when free agency opens up, you, uh, you send it over. 
I'll send you. I'll send you my email. However you want to do it, and uh, we'll get it done. No, uh, be, Pete, it you're trying to get awesome, involved in tampering here. It would be awesome. It would be awesome, though. Um, I think it, again with anyone with anyone in this league it, it, playing for Brian Flores, I think it'd be a treat. Um, oh yeah. You know, I I got I was lucky. I played for Tony Dungy, Monty Kiffin, and uh, Foge Fazio, guys like that, and, and having. Having good coaching matters. It really, it, it does. It's going to extend your career. It's going to make you a better player. Uh, hopefully, I, you know, in the big picture, make you some more money. But um, uh, that's your yeah, pitch. We, we, we that's your a, pitch. We made, a, we made a big jump. I know. Listen, that's I'm not a way better. That's a way better listen. pitch than the Jets. Don't tell I'm him too. that. He's going to attack me the whole time. I'm Damn talking it. to him. The, I'm talking to him the way the way I, you you should talk to a player, not about <laughs> you know who's our starting quarterback and who's the guy that we can't. Who's Are the guy we can't? Long Island. And who can't we? Stuff? We can't trade <laughs> Long Island. Listen, you want to play for the Jets? Here's here's something for you. Oh, here you're gonna goes. have oh, you're man. gonna have 20 road games a year because you practice on Long Island. You realize how far of a drive and how long it takes to drive from Long Island out to New Jersey where you play your games? I, I live in the Midwest because I despise traffic. Yeah, okay, well that's you better take a look at the look pull out yeah. your Google Maps and go from the facility to the stadium, <laughs> see how long that takes. I worked for a guy named Ted Cottrell, who's defense coordinator at the Jets, and he was telling about how when a game got out of hand either way. These are Jets fans, right? Just like the guy right above me. Just like <laughs> <laughs> If the game was out of hand either way, you know, third, going into the fourth quarter, fans would just go because they want to beat the traffic through the tunnel. Oh, yeah. You don't, know? Worry. So, don't worry. Like our friend uh, Dion Dawkins said before, the Jets are a bunch of weirdos. Hey, why don't you play that? <laughs> give, it, give, it, give, us, give us the little uh, – Dion Weirdo. And, I call him Dion, why, Dion Weirdo. <laughs> and why would you want to play for one of weird. two teams in the NFL that only have two colors on their uniform? Oh, so that's the green. reason. Green and white. Well, that's the I'm, reason. That's. A, I'm just saying. It is what it is. Listen, you know, you know what? Don't send a fax because Barry Sanders did that when he retired, okay? It never worked. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you liked that, Chris. <laughs> Uh, I, I did see the uh, Deion Dawkins. I saw a couple of clips of that. That guy's hilarious. Yeah, it is. It's he is fa- he is really really funny. But you know, it, it, it's so funny. I'm not going to pitch the Jets because there's nothing to pitch. I mean, we have a coach that doesn't know where he is half the time. We have an offensive coordinator that doesn't know his ass from his tailbone. We have a quarterback. I mean, a backup quarterback or whatever he is who wants to screw around with older ladies and doesn't know how to throw a football. We have a defense that shows up in the first half and doesn't show up in the second. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on and Boy, on. I and thought, on. I, hold on. I thought we were supposed to be pitching. I'm trying. Him. I'm not pitching. <laughs> he gave up 20 minutes. I, I, listen, oh, I, I gave right, up. Okay. I gave He's up. pitching why not to join the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, every single – and by the way, the Jets haven't made the playoffs in about 13 or 14 years. So it, it's definitely not a pitch, and it's not something that I really want to do or help you out if you – decide you want to go to the Jets. If you want to go to the Jets, hopefully they pay you a lot of money because you're going to need it because most of the time you have guys like Nicole Harmon crying that he doesn't get enough playoff time. Playoff time. So I, I, I mean... I I don't know. I I actually don't know with my team. I wonder 
sometimes why I became a Jet fan. See, see so. Pete, think of it this way. Miko Hardman leaked the, leaked the Jets' plays to the Eagles or the <sighs> Chiefs. I'm like, eh, yeah, uh, we, we don't need to stop that. Yeah, he leaked the game. <laughs> we, he, we don't need to stop that. It's the Jets' leaked, offense. He leaked the plays, and the Jets had their best games against those two teams. What does that tell you about the New York Jets? Maybe they took it for granted. <laughs> uh, maybe they did. I don't know. Mm. Uh, maybe it should just post it on YouTube before the game. <laughs> All right, Chris, before we let you go, now. Chris, before you, we let you go, I mean – who do you think dances better, you or Pete? Oh, I, I have zero rhythm. Yeah, um, Chris, zero. before you're on the show for the last time, I mean, what do you want? You want him to come back, don't you? Yes, of course. Right? I mean, this is part. This this it's probably him being on the show is probably part of his probation or something. There's some reason why he was forced to come on this show. And you're gonna do that. You're gonna do that. Blowing up my, they kept blowing up my DMs, and I'm like, shit. I'll just uh, let me me just get on the phone, and they'll stop messaging me. Shut you guys up. Oh, I love it. They didn't say like with me when they said, well, we got pictures, we've got uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, all this hush money payments and things like that. They didn't threaten to bring that up. I didn't no. send a fax to you. I was looking for the fax. Uh, well, boy. hey, listen, Chris, we love you. And we would love for you to come back on the show. You're fantastic. Anytime, fellas. Anytime. Great personality. You really are. And we really appreciate the time. Good luck on the off season, And wherever you go, we're a fan. And we will stay Thanks, in touch fellas. with you, buddy. Yeah, appreciate you guys. All right, see you in purple. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking to I'm saying. Carolina <laughs> Panthers defensive lineman, Chris Warmly. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, we never gave him a proper introduction. Uh, and we love him because me and him just go at it every single time he comes on the show. We are now talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings Radio Network broadcaster Pete Bursick. What is How up, doing, man? We're good, man. We're good. Nothing. I was at I was at the combine for the first time since uh, 2006. The last time I was at the last time I was at the combine, I was looking for a job, so <laughs> I didn't really want. To, I didn't feel like going back there. But yeah, 30, 30 years ago, I actually went through the combine as a player, so that was an experience. Um, did it, you know, for four years five years coaching and then, you know, looking for a job. And so it was, is being part of the, it was actually a good place to be because the, it's so much different now with the media and you can actually see the players. You can, you know, you can, you can ask them questions when they're up on the podium, if you want. Um, and there's, there's so many other people, you know, in the, in, in our business that are there. Uh, people like Rick Spielman, who used to be our GM, he's there at CBS sports. So it's great to see him and, it, um, just a lot of Dave McGinnis, the uh, former uh, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He's now with Tennessee. Who's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to. Now there's a guy to get on this show. Mm. If you want to get, if you want to get a dude on the show, that's old school. He was, a, he was the bears linebacker coach in 1980. I think he started in 86 or 87. Mm. So, you know, Wilbur Marshall, uh, mm-hmm. Mike Singletary, Otis Wilson, I mean, then you had, you know, Hampton, McMichael, Dent, mm. Perry. I mean, he, he this, but the stories, the story, you know, all this, all this wrapped up, you know, in, in a, in a beautiful Buddy Ryan package, right? So, um, just, yeah, I could sit there and 
listen to him spin yarns all day long. So anyway, but anyway, my point is it was good. And obviously uh, today was the first day for the combine and we got a chance to watch some of the defensive linemen. Has anything stood out to you so far at the combine? Is there a player that really stands out to you that sticks out to you like um, a sore thumb for the Vikings? Uh, well, for, you know, for the Vikings, that's, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, a couple things I think for Viking specific came out. One was, you know, that the owner, that the management and they have no interest in trading Jeff, Justin Jefferson. I mean, somehow that, that got put out into the ether and, you know, they never really commented on it. And some people just thought there's something to it. Maybe, I don't know, but um, that, and, and they do want to sign Kirk cousins. They do want to bring him back. And I think you, you'd say that with an asterisk, right? I think that there's going to be, you know, he needs to, um, the, it's the guaranteed money. It's, it's, it, you know, how deeply do the Vikings have to tie into him? And I think they'll tie into him as deeply as they have to, depending on free agency, we'll see. Um, you know, so those, you know, those are a couple of things that we learned and, you know, learned about the, this, this draft class of quarterbacks, you know, there might be six of them that go in the first round. So there's, there's a lot of talent um, in that respect. I do prefer watching and learning about the defensive linemen. So I didn't really, didn't, I looked at some of them, you know, kind of a little bit before I went out there. And then, you know, there's when I look at our defense, man, I'll tell you what, I, I would love the two guys from Florida State. Mm. Jared Verse is unbelievable. I think he's I think he can really he'd be really really be a perfect uh, outside linebacker for us. And then the other guy I liked a ton was um, was Braden Fisk, mm. who's just kind of a he's a he's a brawler. Right. And, and when I was talking about the middle of the defense, man, I'm like, this, this, this is with Flores, it's a place to be. Um, but watching, you know, that kid, you know, how he, the, the, the get off and the acceleration off the football, things like that. There's certain traits that the young man, that both these guys have that, uh, um, watch, you know, if you watch a Jared verse highlight, that's kind of the cool thing is whenever he, he watches a little highlight film and he's, he's sacking the quarterback and then Fisk is always, somewhere right there so the two of them um you know were very impressive so we'll see i mean we need we need some we need some d linemen i know that we need bodies and um i'm gonna pitch him for you, you know. because guess what i'm a seminole fan i grew up a florida state oh, fan here, yes here we go <laughs> i'm gonna pitch him baby here I got, we go. you got two monsters don't worry this will be better one than on the, Jets the outside pitch. one on the inside why don't you go after both of them i i i would i, I would i mean Again, I don't know everything about him. I'm not a scout, right? Mm. All I'm saying is with what I've seen and what a, what little bit I have seen on tape, because you know these guys, they watch. Did you watch them watch both and, against Louisville? No, not not specifically against Louisville. I haven't gotten that far down the road. We'll get as, fantastic as, as we get. Well, as I'm saying, as we get closer to the draft, and you know, we as a a team with the Vikings Entertainment Network, you say, all right, you take these guys, these D linemen, you take, you know, then then I'll sit down and. You know, we'll, we'll we'll study him a little bit more, but from what I've seen, yeah, the guys the guys fantastic. Well, I mean, verse both those guys. Verse is very good on the outside. He's very fast. He's probably the fastest defensive lineman in this class. And I was looking at the comparison of Miles Garrett. I I think he's a little bit smaller than Miles, but he can come off the edge pretty quick, and he's very good. Yeah. He's very uh, lengthy, and he has good hands. Uh, I think you're, if if the Vikings have a chance to get him, but now some people think he could 
jumping and actually fall in the top ten. I don't think he does. I think he falls a little bit out of the top ten. I would say he's a teen type of player, and 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 and, and the type of weapon he could be on the outside yeah. is fantastic. He really and, and that's, could fit the Vikings. And that's the other thing. I, and I like and, you know I like that about you. Know, you got that's the one thing about the draft that, that it, it, you you look at these guys and say I would love to have this guy. You know, I'd love to have Verse. I would love to have Darius Robinson, right? You know, you're saying you have – it's just, you know, then you have to put a thing next to it and say, okay, well, where, right? You, you know, where do you want him and, and all of it and all that. And I'm not – I think I'm, I'm not really – I don't like that mentality only in – even though it's rea- it is reality, it's just a matter of, hey, I would yes or no to a guy. This Yes, I want this guy on my team. You know what I mean? No, I don't want – in just kind of putting them in that bucket and saying, yeah, I love this guy, you know, well, love this one too. So there's, there's a, there's a bunch of them like Jerzon Newton, the kid mm, from yes. Illinois. I've heard a lot of really, really good things about him as well. I mean, you look at the draft and, and I don't know if it, if it's across the board, but at the quarterback position, you're getting kind of a perfect storm where you've got a couple of 21 year olds and you have a couple guys from the COVID years, right? So they're 23, 22. Um, but you won't see, you haven't seen this many possible starting quarterbacks in the NFL come out in one year at one time, which because of, because of that and where we are with, um, with cousins personally, mm. I think this is the time to get a quarterback. We have Kevin O'Connell, former NFL quarterback, offensive coordinator. I mean, you, you, you this is the time for the franchise to figure out who, who's going to carry the torch down the road and this is the year to do it because you have some you have more options than than i think you'll ever have probably in another 10 years maybe but then you know turn around people say well there's a lot of good offensive tackles right and you're like okay cool well i'm looking at these interior defensive alignment and some of these outside linebackers and there's quite a few of them there too mm-hmm. right this is a great draft to have second and third round picks you know i don't know how many of the jets have but i'm just saying zero the jets do not have a second round pick zero <laughs> they don't Mm. Yeah, so this is a bad year to not have a second round pick. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, Thank I'm, you, I'm, Pete. I'm, and again, that's just me from a 10,000 foot level, right? I mean, we don't have a third round pick, and I'm like, because I think there's going to be, there, there's just a lot. I mean, we're drafting 11th, and you look at some of the mocks, and depends on, you know, what the Patriots do a quarterback, what the Giants do a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. If that kind of all goes that way, we might be the first team to draft a corner mm. at 11 mm-hmm. right you can get the number one corner in the league at 11 or you know the pick of the litter at 11 i mean that's it does that again that doesn't happen too often yeah because we were discussing even yesterday too like i think uh, even just in general the top 10 probably eight or nine of those picks to the offense too so you could have your pick of the litter of the right. edge rusters if you want that uh, def- like, uh we, were, we had a draft guy on yesterday john vogel who was mentioning byron murphy from texas as a guy that definitely could be a hot commodity in that middle of the first round so yeah they're gonna have the pick of the litter yep. on defense and you yeah, see he's a he's a big dude six one three oh eight you know then you hear the, oh, he's got short arms and all that. You're like, I don't care about his arm length. I just want to see the guy play football. Here's the thing. When it comes to D-Lyman, the main thing is just the power and leverage that they have. And that was one of the things, you know, you mentioned Jared Verse. I don't, is there, I don't know if there's a guy or like Aiden Hutchinson is, a, is an example. He's a hustle guy, right? I mean, he, he plays at an effort level that's, that, that, that allows him, I think, to get to the quarterback a lot. The great pass rushers can either bull rush you, 
hump you, you know, hump the, the do the hump move, um, and then maybe turn around and beat you with speed. It's the speed to power yep. that's so deadly. And there's nothing that an offensive lineman fears more than getting freight trained. You beat him around the edge, okay, you got me my footwork, this, that, my point, my angle, blah, blah, blah. You just take a guy down the middle and dump him. I mean, that 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 takes that takes a soul out of somebody. Um, my point is, is that's very hard to teach. If a guy doesn't have that power, and a lot of times the guys that do have the power in the pass rush are the ones that are a little more stiff and they don't move, you know, as fluidly and as well, but they're the ones that have a lot of, you know, a lot of strength in the pass rush. And especially if you're talking about nose tackles and three techniques, I mean, those guys, you got to have strength. You got it. You've got to be strong, strong, strong at the point. And so, like, you look at Byron Murphy, 308 pounds. I mean, and you know, the guy's built like a like a freight train. You know, if you've got that strength and that and that power, we can teach you the rest of the stuff. But that's something that you definitely need. And they got to have great feet. That's the other thing. I mean, the best D linemen are just 300 pounders with great feet. You know what I mean? The big kid from Texas that ran a four, what do you run? Mm. Four, two something or five, mm-hmm. two something today at 360 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's like, give him a jump rope and say, Hey, let me see those feet. And if he can, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm serious. If he can move, if he can move his feet at that, at that, at that weight. Oh my goodness. Look out. <laughs> well, speedy. I'm, I'm going to give Wait. you, I'm good. Wait, which which one of you is which one of you is the Giants fan? Right that there. would be me. That would be him. Come that on. would be you. How about your nose tackle, Dexter Lawrence? Yeah. Have you have you ever watched that man play? Like, just it's fantastic. We, when we were when we were playing the Giants last year, we played him twice. Yep. Obviously, is the guy above you? Well, no. No, this no. You're you're the Giants fan. Right. I'm the Giants fan. Yeah, I, I'm a Jet right. guy. We, I'm sorry, we beat the Jets in between mm. the Giants. Uh-huh. So we, you know, we kinda, oh yeah, we had to get you back specially on the show for that because he was so confident that the Jets were going to beat the Vikings. Thing. They got screwed, yes. <laughs> and I never got the five hundred dollars. You bet. <laughs> yes, I did. I owe you five. Yeah, hey, I I, listen. You yeah, I'm saying you still owe me five hundred. <laughs> no, anyway, I want to take I, you out. I, to, I, no, I, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. I'll take you out to a nice dinner. Let's go, man. I Five hundred dollar dinner, sweetie. <laughs> just so you know, we are we are coming out to the to uh, New Jersey. We yeah. play one of the New York. We play one of the New York teams. I think in the New Giants. Jersey. I think the Giants you know, this year. Yeah. I think it's the Giants um, this year. But, yeah, probably yeah, third Dexter, place tiebreaker. But Dexter, that, if you ever to watch that man rush and the way he can just destroy people. I mean, he he can just embarrass people, and that's what I said. Offensive linemen are afraid of that guy. He's one of my favorite people to watch play this game. I wish he was a Viking. Obviously, he's not. Um, but even regardless of the Giants' record, to be able to go out there and watch that guy go about his business, man, that's just that's that's just awesome. There were three words that really stuck out to me when it came to everything he just said. Speedy, you ready? Hump. $500. Ready? <laughs> I, I, I've got the three words, the three great words that just came out of Pete Bursick's mouth. You ready? Hump, freight train, and stiff. Perfect three words. <laughs> and that's four words. <laughs> no, freight train is together, man. We're, we're, freight train is two different words. Speedy, it's my words. Shut your uh... mouth. Learn your role and shut your mouth. Anyways. That's what I got right there. Pete, Pete what's better, oh, the, uh, the the, the uh, three-word, four-word hyper, uh, Errol's Jets hype to Chris Wormley? <laughs> I, was a, I didn't pitch him. I wasn't trying to pitch him. I know he wasn't know. going to pick the Jets because I know he's not picking the Jets. 
Why would he want to pick the Jets when he had four of the teams that are don't know. in a better situation right now? <laughs> he could have a he could have a girlfriend that lives in New Jersey. He's so married. Your girlfriend know. lives in New Jersey. You want to play for a New York team because New York teams play in New Jersey, except mm. for the Bills. Mm. The, the real New York team, according to those fans. <laughs> and just so you and just so Snug says, Earl always pays uh, and stuff like that. No, you're wrong. I, I actually win. That. I had to do that. I got a good friend actually. who's a Bills fan. Mm. And yeah. he's like, really? We're the only team in New York. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You are the only team. You know. Anyway, sorry. We are talking to former <laughs> Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network broadcaster, Pete Bursick, a friend of the show. He's been on our show quite a few times. We love him. And uh, he was out at the Combine enjoying himself, getting a chance to, uh, you know, clear his mind after the football yeah. season, as he did. But, uh, you know. Yeah, what a season speak, to forget too, yeah, for us. No, forget from you guys. I mean, as a Jet fan, we had Dalvin Cook. Oh, the mighty Dalvin Cook. And what did he do for the Jets this year? Absolutely zilch. So thank you to Dalvin Cook. Maybe he'll go back to you guys. He should have stayed in Minnesota. He should have. Uh, we just released Alexander Madison. Yep. Our other, so we've, we've gone. We've been burning through running backs up here. You know, it's interesting. Know. It's interesting. Some can't stay healthy, but, you know. Justin Jefferson is a name that I, if you don't know who he is, well, shame on you. He's one of the best offensive players we've seen in a very, very long time. The guy plays hurt this year. He was dealing with some uh, you know, injuries throughout the season, and uh, it, it, it affected his numbers, but he still broke over 1,000 yards. He still had over yeah. six touchdowns. He's still one of the best offensive talents we've seen in a very long time. You look at this offseason, and you were speaking about Kirk Cousins, and you were thinking you're speaking about maybe bringing in a young quarterback at number eleven. Would you draft J.J. McCarthy, another guy that Jim Harbaugh was pitching? He said he's the best quarterback in this class by far. Give him three years, and this kid is going to show up every single week and put up the numbers. Do you think J.J. McCarthy? is the finishing piece to this offense to match him up with Justin Jefferson. He could be. I think he could be. And and, and by the way, the you don't you don't just because you're drafting a quarterback in the first if we draft at number 11. Now, doesn't mean we can't have Cousins and this guy for a year, right? Doesn't mean you can't you can do that. There's no there's no law against it. Now, you better be making your hay in free agency, which we don't have a ton of dough. Uh, you know, to do that. We're not like the Chicago Bears in that respect. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's weird You hear when you hear people talking about, um, you know, J.J. McCarthy and it's the upside that's so appealing. I mean, dare I say, I don't know if he's going to be there at 11. Mm. He, may not, he may not even be there at 11. I mean, I, I, you know, when this stuff you, – you know this. It's, it's like what, whenever – when this stuff starts – and the dominoes start to fall. Teams get a little bit, you know, they get worried. They get a little desperate, and they want to jump. You know, they want to jump up there. And I mean, Caleb Williams. I think the majority of the people I spoke with say he's he's once he's the best, and he's almost you know once in a generation he's that good, hmm. right? Um, Drake May is the is the next guy that comes up. Um, you know, kind of like a, a better version of Josh Allen in college, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels' name comes in there. But then it's like, 
J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, you know, Penix, it's like those guys are all in there too. And if someone takes a liking to any one of those other three, um, I mean, Denver need who? I mean, look at think about the guys that need a quarterback. That's why it's so important for where New England decides to go. If they if they want to go somewhere, what you guys want it? Well, what the Jets would, what, what, you know, what what do they want to do? Falcons um, too. You know, the Falcons. You know, and it, it, and talking to the, all the people with dealing with the Bears, they were saying that Fields thing might get done sooner than later. Mm. But you know, you go to the draft thinking, well, they want Fields. He's staying there, and then two days later, you're. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe they are. They have a deal done, um, <laughs> which I think will help help the Vikings out because we one less place for Cousins to go to if that happens. So um, one less team to to raise the price tag if that if that's what it is. But it's 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 all everybody's everybody's zero and zero right now. No one's played any games. No one's you know, and everyone wants to get better. And so the. Let the let the excitement begin. The Jets are losing so. already fourteen to nothing. <laughs> hey, come on! Everybody is throwing them under the bus. You have guys that I you have Dawkins throwing them under the bus. He's never played for the Jets, but how the hell does he know what's going on in that <laughs> locker room? But hey, you know what? Let's do. If if Mikhail, if if everybody else is throwing him to the, you know, you have ex ex wide receivers, ex quarterbacks. Everybody throws him under the bus. Hey, you know what? I might as well speak up for him. I don't know anything about them. And all I know yeah. is I like Quinn and Williams, and I hate everybody else on that roster because they all have yeah. egos. Okay? Everybody in the NFL has an ego. Every single yeah. one of you. Me? I'm not in the NFL. I didn't say you. <laughs> you, said you. But you did, like, you did have an ego, did you not? At one time back in the day. Oh, there you yeah. go. Come on. Think, show, why don't you just flex? Show us show it. us those muscles, man. Show us those muscles. Nah, nah, nah. You don't want to do do a couple nah. of those muscles, man. Nah, I mean do that nah, little you know, like mm-hmm. flex, no? Yeah. Hulk Hogan. <sighs> oh, you know what though? I remember being a kid though, and that's the whole thing about bouncing the muscles on your chest, you know? Mm. What he used to do on TV. Yes. I just watched the I and I also just watched the Ric Flair documentary. Um who's my he's my athletic hero. Really? I mean, no one, no other human being has been elected to their stead Hall of Fame twice. Mm. Ric Flair has been inducted in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame twice. Once as a you know, once as a heavyweight champion and once as a as a as a tag team member. Right? Mm. So there's another there's another phrase for you to remember mm. along with freight train and you know on the, the other Stiff. one. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, Stiff. Yeah, there's you go. That one. Stiff so, and hump. Yeah. Speedy likes yeah, the Rick, hump. He's up to f- he's up to five words, really seven words. <laughs> so Ric Flair might be one of the greatest athletes in a generation. Um, yeah, he's 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 always he's he's. And what am I going to say? But anyway, but watching those guys growing up, you know that um, I got you know my first concussions trying to be like those guys, and you know, yeah, I, I'm a, I owe a debt of gratitude to all those guys. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network broadcaster, uh, our friend Pete Bursick. You look tired, Pete. You look tired. What? Are, are you I've jet lagged? Like two, I've been in. I've been in two different states. No, I drove. Oh, so you? I'm in Chicago. I'm in Chicago right now. All right, so, so that's drove, not bad. I just, I just drove down there. You yeah, got a chance to see a, a lot of it's a long, farm. It's a long day, though. You got to see a lot of farmland. I was actually I was out at the cigar bar last night with John okay. Randall. Yeah. Um, old teammate of mine who 
that guy is he's one of the greatest human beings ever but yeah we had some fun and so yeah it's been a long it's been a long 24 hours you sure cigars were the only thing you were smoking i mean we have sean smith on the show yeah no no no. i'm yeah no (laughs) he he likes to smoke other things (laughs) i i I like stimulants i deal in stimulants caffeine Mm. you know nicotine stuff like that i i'm not a i'm not a yeah no not it's okay. Thing. It's okay. Sean never played for the Vikings, so you don't have to send him any cigars. <laughs> <laughs> he he wants to tell us that uh, he wants to forget his time with the Bengals and and the the Cowboys and all the other teams. He just wants to remember the two years, his final two years with the Kansas City Chiefs, as he wants to flash the no rings he won over there in Kansas City. And he called. He says Kansas City is we him. Him, he's Kansas City. Uh, man, Sean Smith, man. We love him, but he's yeah. losing his mind, man. He is losing his mind. We've also decided now if the Bengals ever do reach a Super Bowl, he's not allowed to root for them. Because <laughs> 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 they are now rivals uh, of the Chiefs. It, it yeah. seems like every single ex-football player or football players that work with us on this show, they want to put down one team and one team only. Speedy? New York Jets. There you go. And who's a Jet fan? The only Jet fan on this show? You're yeah. looking at him. You. Yeah. You're oh. looking at him. I am the crazy yeah. SOB that roots for the New York Jets. Unfortunately, but you want to know something? I'm a realist. I'm a realist, Pete, because I yeah. already know what's going to happen this, this offseason. You ready to hear this? I am going to give you feedback. I could read the future for the New York Jets. You ready? Lay it on me. All right. Here, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Aaron Rodgers comes back. He he pitches hard knocks. Again, for the second time in a row, the Jets get picked for hard knocks. And Aaron Rodgers pitches Scantling. <laughs> yes, did you hear that? Scantling Marquez, will be... Marquez Valdez? Yes, he will be a Scantling? Jet. Yes, yes. Batiari okay. will be a New York Jet, man. Yes, the old man himself... The the, one-legged Bakhtiari. Yes, (laughs) that's right. There you go. The Jets are going to trade Zach Wilson for a ninth-round draft pick. Did you hear that? A ninth-round draft. It doesn't even exist, but they're going to trade him. In the 2028 draft. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The Jets are going to bring in Ryan Tannehill as the backup. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt well, in the second though? game. Hold on, hold on, hold on now. <laughs> Tannehill, Tannehill would be fine, right, until you get to the playoffs. Mm. Is that is that kind of the yeah? We'll throw right? for under hundred yards. <laughs> hey, if the Jets make the playoffs, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my prediction. Oh, oh, hold on, it's not over yet. Uh, okay, Devontae say, Adams will hide in one of Aaron Rodgers' luggage bags. And he will be mailed to Aaron Rodgers' New Jersey house. And then all of a sudden you're going to hear stories coming out that Devonta Adams has completely disappeared. And nobody knows where he is. And then all of a sudden Woody Johnson's going to announce him that he was traded to the Jets. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can sell it and you can mail it any way you want it. But uh, I honestly... What Okay, what would what do you think the payout would be on a prop bet for all that to happen? Um, 
a plus 3,000. None of it is going to happen. At least. <laughs> Good. So when that happens, you'll have your $500. You see, you see I, think you, I think you share, you share a, a – how would I say it? With what you just laid out, mm. you, sounded, you sounded a lot like a Viking fan. Mm. You did. I mean, you guys are credited with a Super Bowl win. Right, so there are only twenty teams in the National Football League that have actually won the Super Bowl. Um, the Vikings were since nineteen sixty one. We have not right lost four Super Bowls um, in my years in playing and coaching in the radio. We've lost four NFC championships. So your story sounds a lot like the Viking fans, except. Ours just has a, a, a high, it, it always, it, there, it's just like you, you get sucked into it. It goes well. And then the rug gets yanked out from under your feet, mm. right? You're just, you're just saying this is going to be brutal from day one. It's going, it's like, yeah, a, the Vikings it's, aren't it's, dysfunctional. <laughs> it's, it's a 17 game, you know, just beat down. Whereas with us, I think, you know, our Viking fans will say, oh yeah, I'll just still go more. We'll start out, you know, do do great, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, boom, someone gets hurt, or boom, you know, something happens. Mm. So, but the end result is your heart gets broken, and when you look at it that way, you and I, we we share a lot with our team. My heart's never going to be broken because I've seen enough bad football every single but year. But see, you're past that. Though. Yeah. Your heart's been broken. <laughs> I tell the truth. You, you, it, well, I'm just saying, right? Your heart's been broken so many times, you get bitter, right? I'm not bitter. Right? <laughs> I like to laugh. I sit You're there and watch the game. I giggle. I eat a lot of ice cream. But, man, laughing, I eat a lot of ice cream during the football season. Yeah. And, and Depression, is also let me tell you. A productive, it's, a crea- it's a creative way. Laughing's a creative way of dealing with trauma. Mm. And well. I think you've been traumatized. Quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, except when, when he was on his cruise and almost broke a TV. Oh, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I'll tell you a quick sir, a story, Pete. Ooh. I was on a cruise. Right. I was hanging out, enjoying myself, and I didn't watch the Jets in Kansas City game. I told myself, I'm not watching the game until the fourth quarter. I see that the fourth quarter, it's close. It's 23 to 24 minutes left. I got to watch it. I was at, I was watching like a comedy show. I was like, guys, we met this lovely old couple. They love to dance. We had a lot of, we had a lot of fun. Me and my girl had a lot of fun with these, these two older people, Rhonda out there. Um, they were fantastic. But anyways, we're there. It's four minutes left and I'm watching the game. I'm sitting there at the bar. I'm not drinking. I don't drink. And I see, out of my rear view, yes, my rear view of a television, all right, a call being made by the referees, okay, uh, passing interference, okay? I mm-hmm. watched it in replay three times, and I don't even know where the passing interference came from. And the game, obviously... it. If if it didn't count, the Jets get the ball. It's fourth and five or fourth and right, six. Right, the Chiefs would have had to punt. Yeah. They would have had to punt. Mm-hmm. The Jets have an uh, what a minute and forty five seconds More left. More than that, I think it was like two and a half minutes. Whatever, left. Yeah. two and a half minutes left. Probably go down and win the game or take it to overtime. And who knows what happens? What happens is Kansas City win the games. Kansas City wins the game. They get the first down, and there she blows. Okay, and what happens after that play? I take a cup that's on the bar, okay? It was a cup. It was a glass cup. It, there was nothing in it. Mm. I just took it, 
and I threw it across the bar right over the piano player, and it hits the TV. And everybody stops. The music stops, and the piano player tells me, you effing you-know-what, you almost hit me with that. And I said, yeah, please do something for me. Throw me off this boat and make me drown. I don't want to watch this team anymore. I'm done. I'm done. The season's over. And I sit there and I say this because Zach Wilson had his best game of his career against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then right after that game, everything started to happen. The onslaught of craziness starts to happen. So there is my story. It ruined my whole trip. I was sick to my Mm -hmm. stomach for the last three days of that trip. Thank you to the New York Jets. Thank you to Robert Sala. Thank you to the referees, the horrible referees in the NFL. You're all rigged. Everything is rigged. And unfortunately, the Vikings got a taste of it the next week with the Jordan Addison should have been pass interference. Sick. So. It's sick, Pete. Yeah. Pete, yeah, I have, I have agita. Pete, I have agita. Okay? I, I am sick to my stomach. Every time I speak mm-hmm. about the New York Jets, when I, say, when I hear the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 I really want to say, and I'm just going to say B-A-D-S, bads, 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 okay? Uh, it, it's just... Yeah, I, I do. It's not even a word, but it's my word. Bads, well, bads, I, bads. I, I think you. I think you've you've uh, definitely taken yourself out of the the pot, or at least out of the possibility of you announcing the first round pick. I, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I don't think Woody even wants to see my face. I mean, would you want? I, I, that's probably why they don't invite well, me to any of these, uh, you know, <laughs> off season activities. Is they're like, oh, this guy's going to kill somebody. <laughs> Well, you obviously care if you're willing to throw a glass halfway across the oh, ocean. I, and hit, you Pete, know, I, I care about this team. There's no doubt I care about this I team. I, I have. I, I, if everybody, if they, if you'd had your Jets jersey on, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't oh, even go. Okay. Sorry, I don't even. I don't even go to know. the Pete. I don't even. First of all, I won't go to a Jet game. I haven't been to a Jet game in two years. Okay, two years I haven't been to a Jet game because the last time I was at a Jet game. I, I, I remember this. It was very clear to me at this game, mm-hmm. and I'm going to mention I'm not going to tell you what team it was. One of the fans said something to me after the game and then threw something at me, and I turned around and almost killed the guy. Okay? Wait, and you were in Philly watching the Jets? <laughs> no. It wasn't oh, the sorry. Philadelphia sorry. Eagles. No, sorry. it wasn't sorry. them. I'm not mentioning the team, but it was a fan. And I turned around and I almost pounced on him and I almost got arrested. So I stay away from MetLife Stadium. I stay far, far away from it. And uh, I, I, I'm probably better off. Okay. Yeah, I just, you, keep, yeah, you keep telling yourself you don't care about the Jets. You just keep telling yourself that. I, 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 listen, Rolling if you're there. Attacking fans. I, I'm a fan. I'm attacking fans. I'm a fan. Somebody, they, I'm wearing a Jets jersey. And by the way, I will never wear a Jets jersey at a Jets game again. I'll pretend I'm not even a Jets fan when I go to the game. Because I, I just get myself into trouble when I go to those games. I, I, well, I don't drink you know, either. I don't drink. I was so. going to say, I could if, no. if it's the Vikings, I'd get you a ticket and get you a Viking jersey. And That's not that going way. to happen, my friend. Well, no, no. I'm just saying, think about it, though. Mm-hmm. You wear the purple. If the Jets win, you're happy. Right, mm. the Jets win. You're happy if the Vikings win. At least you look like you're wearing the right colors, and you can, you know, kind of, you know, kind of be happy that you get a free ticket from the guy up in the booth calling the game. I'll tell you what, Pete. You want to get me think a job? It. Just to, 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 to don't answer. Just think about it. Well, just if you want to get me a job with the the Vikings, and you want me to be play by play or broadcaster for your team, I'll be happy to do that. 
as far you sound like you you would be best i think post game I, I, that, I would, that would be that would be your that sold would be a, a, i i'm yes, sold yes. okay i'll yes, host it you'll be you you'll be my partner in crime and we'll have speedy on the other side he could be yeah. you know twirling something i don't know what he hopefully this is better than the uh, dalvin cook in the trunk idea we came up with last time <laughs> i wouldn't listen <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I'm getting a stiffy right now. <laughs> that was supposed to be if the Vikings and Jets played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I should get a Viking jersey right in I'm the back, just, stiffy. I'm just waiting for the, the whatever's behind you to fall down and see the bars from the jail cell. You know, right? Get me out of here! <laughs> no, no, that's reserved exclusively for our friend Bashad Breland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I couldn't. I couldn't see myself. <laughs> I couldn't see myself doing that. But hey, listen. Hey, I, I could do a post game show. I can make everybody laugh. And and the funny thing is, no, I'll pretend. Be I'd be I'd be perfect because even though I'm not a Viking fan, I would make it seem like I'm such a Viking fan. And then after the whole, especially when they play the Jets and the Jets lose, I just rip apart the whole. The whole stage of it. Just I'm hit just, on Aaron Rodgers. Like, He'll fit right in with throwing my chair. <laughs> it only happens once every what seven years. There you go. So I think I'm good. I mean, pitch it, pitch it over there to the Vikings. You know, you yeah. want to bring in a New York guy to do the post game show. <laughs> And he'll do you a he's favor. A, he, he, he's a New York guy that likes a New Jersey team, but he's going to be in Minnesota. There he goes. <laughs> I like it. There you like go. Great pitch. Great pitch. I like that. I like. I'm that. a New Jersey well fan. I'm the. I'm a New Jersey Jets fan. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I, I to me uh, when you do when you're broadcasting and you're you're doing radio now, no matter how much you love your teams, you you, you got to be honest and. Uh, even at, now that I've I've done this for such a long time, I'm not even even though I'm a Jets fan and everybody knows me as a Jet fan, I I, I don't root for anybody. I want the Jets to win, obviously. Yeah. I want to see them win, but mm. I don't care if they win or lose. Honestly, I, I really don't. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I, I think it's funny. I, I think watching the Jets. It, it it brings out it makes me pissed off for the first five weeks, and then after that. I, I already know what's going to happen. So I just laugh. I watch the game. I have my uh, – Pete, I have like 19 guys. We're in like a Jets-like text message pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every single one of them, every single one of them texts me through the game that I, I put myself in airplane mode because I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> They're all screaming at me, telling me I'm an ass, I'm an idiot. What? How am I a Jet fan? I can't stand this team. They're a bunch of losers. They suck. I don't want to be a fan of this team anymore. I might as well bury myself six feet under. Okay? So this is what I hear during the show. I After the game, I'm like, you know what? I'm just laughing. I I should take it and post every single text message up on my Twitter. It's the funniest thing. It's one of it's a comedy show, you know. You could do that. I really, yeah, you could do that. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, maybe we we... gotta move you out to Minnesota. There you go. Yeah, you hook me up. You love the winners are great. I love love the Colts. I love the winner. I love the winner. No, 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 no. I, I used to say that too. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Oh yeah, I love the cold. Cold's great. No, not this kind of cold. No. Speedy, please tell him. 
Tell, tell Mr. Oh, Bursick what I, I like I, to do. I will say those are the different level of Minnesota cold, so. No, but tell him what I do in 20-degree weather. No, no, he, he does wear short sleeves. Shorts. I wear shorts. 20, 20. How about minus 26? I, yeah, that's a whole other extreme minus there. Listen, I, I'll probably wear a long sleeve t-shirt and, 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 and shorts. I'm telling you right now, I love the cold. I love the cold. So. Me being in Minnesota, I, I I played hockey in Minnesota. I played hockey for many many years, so I know what Minnesota is, and there's a lot of snow, yeah, okay. and it is freezing over there. The temperature is definitely low. Yeah. This winter hasn't been that bad though, so. Well, that's but, good. I mean, maybe that's why you're getting more, you're growing more hair. You know. <laughs> no, I'm just glad I still have it. Yeah, you do look <laughs> good, all. man. You do look good. You I really do. That. I I think Thank it's you. I think it's great what you do, right? And, and by the way, I I listen. Uh, to Minnesota Vikings play-by-play from you guys and your partner, and I, I love what oh, you guys Paul. do. Yeah, yeah. Thank uh, you. I, 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 I listen fun. to you guys. Yeah. We, have, we we don't take ourselves too seriously. We you know we have fun, and um, thank you for that. It's, I do. I listen uh, to you guys. I'm a big fan of you ever since you. you've been on the show, and I definitely uh, I I support what you do, even though I'm not a Viking fan, and. I love what you do because I, I think you have a very interesting personality. You were in the NFL. You understand understand the game very, very well. And, and the way you kind of bring it to life, if you're a Vikings fan, uh, it's must listen to. That's There's no doubt about it, it, that. Yeah, and it, it, it's everybody wants to know why, right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing. It's, it's why is this? Why is that? Why is J.J. so good? Why is this not happening? Why, you know, why didn't we run the ball here? Why, and I know, and, and I that's what it kind of like what I want to do is just, I, I don't want to say educate. Cause that kind of seems like a, you know what I mean? It has a, let me educate you to it. And it's not, you know, <laughs> that's not the case. It's just, I having been a coach, I know, I know what it's like to drive home after a game and listen to the, listen and listen to the radio and have fans call in and say, why didn't they have this guy in at running back on third down? Right. They're idiots. They're stupid. I didn't have, and I want you sitting there screaming at the at the radio saying, we had him in on third downs all week at practice, <laughs> but he couldn't handle the protections. He had no idea what the F he was doing. We couldn't put him in. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's not our fault. It's not like we didn't think of it and try it. It just didn't work. Mm. And we'd rather have it not work in practice than not work on a Sunday afternoon, right? So um, I think, yeah, I think that and people – the difference between the great teams and 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 the, you know, the difference in teams is so it's so small. Yeah, I mean, right. the, 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 these teams are all so close. They all have a salary cap. They all have really, really good athletes. And some days it's just not your days. And then sometimes when you lose, I think there's more people that want answers when you lose, and they want to know, you know, are we in trouble here? Or, you know, is there something really? You know, sometimes you're like, yeah, if we don't fix this, this, and this, there's going to be some or. You know, sometimes the ball just bounces the wrong way. And, and uh, yeah, but this has been, yeah, this will be 29 years of this. I mean, it's been, I can't even, I can't remember all the plays, right? I can't remember <laughs> all the games. It, but uh, I'm very, very lucky that I am, that I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, it's not work. I'm at the combine. It's not work. No. I mean, you know, I get, I'm sitting here yeah, um, just, just having, you know, just having a great time. You know who you, you know what? You know Pete Prisco? Yes, I know yeah. who Pete is. Yeah. CBS Sports. Yeah. I would, I would love to see you, you and he, just talk, <laughs> or just sit there at, at a at a dinner somewhere and just listen to two of you go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I would. It would be com- two hours of entertainment. I mean, 
<sighs> you know, I love Pete. He's he's a great, you know, he's... Well, hook it up. I mean, well, let's go to is, dinner. We'll take him school. out to dinner. I owe you a $500 dinner. <laughs> I might as well take Pete with me. Yeah, yeah that's I, true. At 10%. Compounding continuously. So, he'll do that after he wins his parlay for Devontae Adams being hidden in a suitcase. (laughs) Hey, listen, uh, there's a possibility. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he likes to go into that darkness. Uh, I don't know that David Bakhtiari won in the suitcase or whatever it was. That one might. Could you imagine David Bakhtiari come out of a suitcase? (laughs) Well, according to to Pete, he only plays with one leg anyway, so it would be less to move. The best part is he'd be carrying a suitcase and all his hair would be hanging out closing on his hair, right? And he'd all be hanging out the back. Maybe he'll bring some of the yeah. beer he loves to chug at the Bucks games. Yeah, uh, that's true. Nah, well, we, yeah, we, but, you know, that's what, that's what linemen do now. They chug beers at, their, at other games. Mm-hmm. They go to other games and just chug beers in the stands, right? Yeah, the Titans, the yeah. Titans players did that with Nashville when they went to the Stanley Cup. And I think, they, I think that was kind of where the trend started big time. And now everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's what we love, and that's what I love about you know radio, and that's why I you know when when the national stage starts to ring our phone number and let us do what we do, and that's entertain people. We're a very unique show. We're not going to sit here and and, and lie to you. God, yeah, We're, we are. Thank God, you guys are unique. Yes, we have to be. I mean, we have to make people laugh. I'm not going to sit here. I laugh at everything. Oh, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I laugh and, at everything. And, that's, and, and you're right about this. So I grew up in you know I grew up in Chicago, and mm-hmm. I listened to. I grew up watching the Cubs games every day. They're on WGN. This is back, you know, when before cable and everything, you only had four stations, but you had Harry Carey, mm-hmm. Steve Stone, you know, Jimmy Pearsall. It's like, it's like the, it, to, to give you an idea, there was, and you can look this up on YouTube, but um, Harry Carey one day made a comment about how so many guys are, are breaking bats, right? A bunch <laughs> of guys had bu- broken bats and, Steve Stone's like, well, Harry, you know, it's just hard to find a good piece of ash these days, right? And the microphones cut out for like five minutes because the two of them were on the ground, you know, laughing <laughs> so hard. But that's, you, you know, it's the it's the disco inferno with the White Sox in the seventies or the eighties, and you know, and and uh, yeah, it, that's what sports is meant to be. It's 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 supposed to be fun. Mm. You got to have some fun with it because if you take it too seriously, it's that's the problem. A but Pete, that's it's the problem. That's the problem with a lot of these broadcasters. Oh, yeah. It's all about what who's following you on social media. It's what's this and what's that, what's hot. Listen, and if you can entertain get, people. No, but I get a level of professionalism, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm that, a professional. That, that's, I'm sitting that's here. kind of but I mean like, you know, for example, like Tony Romo was was catching a lot of a lot of heat for, <laughs> you know, not knowing this and not, you know, so that's I, I, I get that, that you, you know, you want to be professional, you know, the, the, the guys out there have earned the right to have their names pronounced correctly and you know, things like that. But at times you just got to point out the absolute folly. You know what I mean? It just, it just, sometimes it's just, you can't make it up. Like we had a game, we had a game, um, in Kansas city, I think it was mm. Does Kansas city have a mascot. They have a mascot. Yeah. Right? They got that wolf thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and some fan ran on the field and the mascot, yes. like the, they, they tackled them and then the mascot jumped in and started, you know, and PA and I had just, we, I mean, stuff, when stuff like it was just, you got to have fun with it. You can't mm. take it all seriously and all that, whatever. But um, yeah, cause you'll, you'll be miserable like a Jets fan. 
Yeah, thank you. A particular Jets fan. So <laughs> thank you, Peter. Know. Thank you for making me. I like me... the Jets. I mean, I, you know. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I do. Why you don't I? like the Jets. Stop lying to the fans. You, you don't like the Jets. Hey, it's his favorite, it's his like favorite the, team. I've liked the Jets since they had Brian Cox. <laughs> Hey, it's his favorite team that so has that, green as its primary that, color. Yeah, I think, there you go. I, I think Brian was better on the Patriots than he was as Jets. Maybe. Anyways, uh, Pete, we love you, yeah. man. We love well, everything that you do, and, and uh, we'll get you on before the season starts, as always. And, and maybe pitch us to the post game. Pitch it. Why don't you just say, listen, we got we got this New Yorker guy. We got these guys. Their personalities I I, stand out. You know? I'm not, I'm not, you know what? You're let's a pitcher. Not, let's, let's not pitch it. Let's just get you on a plane out to Minnesota. Anytime. You, you tell and me when you want me to fly we'll get, out we'll, there. We'll get you the, we'll get you the credential. All right. And just before the show starts, I know the guys that host it. Awesome. We, the one, who, one of the two of them, we just kneecap them, right? <laughs> we just kneecap them. And they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Boom, I'm not are. Tanya Harding. <laughs> what are the odds that a guy was going to fall down six flights of steps the day that we have, you know, you in here, right? And then it's done. And then it's it's done. The people are going to be like, no, I don't care if they lose. This guy's hilarious after the game. I love this guy. Yeah, I hope he... they lose the rest of the year. There you go. And then you can live in the cold like you say you want to. I, I, I don't mind it. I, I, I don't want to do with the Tanya Harding thing. But, yeah, whatever whatever you want me to do, man, I, I would yeah, I would love. No gold, there's no gold medals involved here. There's no, it's not, no, 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 it's none of that. It's this a golden just, mic, you know, man. You give me the golden yeah, mic. People, people meet with accidents all the time. Mm. It okay. happens. You know, so let's plan it. Speedy will be my uh, – my aggressor. I mean, he looks like he doesn't look like the the killer yeah. type. I mean, he'd be perfect. Look at him. I mean, <laughs> no one would suspect so got, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the last two times we've come on the show, we have we now have Dalvin Cook in a trunk. We have Devonte Adams in a suitcase. David Bakhtiari yeah. in whatever with his hair, and now this. <laughs> and now this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We'll I'll, we'll we'll work on it. We'll massage it, and then uh, we'll revisit in the preseason. There you go, and Speedy, keep your stiffy in your pants, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about me with massages. I'm not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> no, there we go. There we go. Well, he likes right, the home. gentlemen. Anyways. You guys- you guys have a good night. You too, it's Pete. A- we love you, man. Keep up the good work. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank we'll you. talk to you Thank soon, you. Love buddy. you guys too, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pete Bursick. We like we have a lot of fun with Pete. Pete's oh, awesome. Yeah. He really is. And and he's pretty laid back and cool. And you know, it, it's it's great when you get a guy like that that actually understands personality and and realizes that we just like to have fun. I mean, oh, yeah. as soon as we went too far, he was like, oh, see you later. <laughs> Kevin Durant spoke out about his decision to join the Nets over the Knicks in the summer of 2019, telling Basketball Network that the Knicks weren't cool then, but are cool now. He also mentioned that he always liked the Knicks brand, but didn't like the state of the team at the time. He also mentioned that his family and agent wanted him to join the Knicks at that time. The Knicks were reportedly not interested in Kyrie Irving, who Durant badly wanted to play with at the time. Durant also made comments a few months ago that he could see Jalen Brunson as an MVP candidate and a future Hall of Famer. Durant still 
says he could see himself playing for the Knicks in the future under their current regime. That's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. I do not want LeBron James. I do not want Kevin Durant. I don't want any of these old guys coming to my team and hurting the good juju right now that we have with Jalen Bronson and even Julius Randle and Diva Chanzo and OG Ananobi. I do not want to see the name Durant on a jersey or LeBron James. The only time I want to see that on a jersey is if a fan is a LeBron James or Durant fan and wants to pray and wish that they were on the Knicks. So this story to me, is not a story. And I'm going to tell you why. Because everybody knew that his family, his agent, wanted him to play for the Knicks. He went to Brooklyn because Brooklyn was the only idiot organization that would sign and bring Kyrie Irving over there after he came out and said, the earth is flat. Okay? His brain is flat. As we all heard Stephen Curry coming out a couple of years ago and said that, I don't know. There is no moon and nobody's ever jumped. Well, he said there was a moon. Nobody ever stepped foot on the moon. That's not true. It was, it, what did he say? He said that yeah, it was. We, we never traveled to space. We never traveled to sp- space. And he also said that when they showed video that we were on, they were on the moon. It was like. A hoax. <laughs> not a hoax. He said they were in, you know, L- L.A. working on oh, a, a he, movie set or something like that. I, I, I have no people idea. People always say that about that one video of the flag waving because they go. Oh, there's no air in space. It can't wave. That proves it was in a studio. There's no wind in a studio either. What are you talking about? You know, like these people. I'm sorry. I just had to say. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And and the whole Kevin, (laughs) the whole Kevin Durant thing is just, it's ridiculous. Now, I would have loved to see Kevin Durant decide and pick the New York Knicks over the Brooklyn Nets. But honestly, thank God he didn't. Because if he did, they would be in a state of flux, which the Knicks have been for many, many years. And it wasn't because the superstars wanted to come play here. It was because the superstars didn't want to play here and they couldn't stand James Dolan and ownership. Now they bring in Leon Rose and everybody was interested to see what Leon Rose was going to do as an, an agent. And it didn't work out for the New York Mets. But hey, it worked out for the New York Knicks because the Mets brought in an agent. It didn't work out there. And the Knicks did the same thing. And Leon Rose brings in Worldwide West. He brings in a good a bunch of ex- executives to work with him. And this team has completely changed over the last four years. It's been absolutely amazing. And everything that he has done, I, I'm going to say this, besides the Fournier move and extending Randall, which Rand, the, the extension with Randall looks like it's – it's going to work. And maybe Julius Randle gets healthy and actually puts up a pretty good playoff run, something he hasn't done since he's come to the Knicks as he's become the bricklayer of the New York Knicks. But nevertheless, he brought in OG Ananobi. He traded R.J. Barrett. Uh, they bring in uh, Bogdanovich and, and, and Alec Burks again and, and, and a guy uh, in, you know, in a Quentin Grimes that obviously has not worked out over the last few years ever since he was drafted in the first round. So... You know, there's a lot of questions so far on what the Knicks could do as far as when they make the playoffs, what seed they're going to go in, and if they can compete against the Celtics, and if they can compete against the Milwaukee Bucks with Damian Lillard and the Greek Freak. So, But I, I, I will say this about Kevin Durant. 
I don't want him anywhere close to this team. And and the fact that he wants to come here is a joke. The fact that LeBron James came out and said that he would he would see himself playing in Madison Square Garden is a joke. If you really saw yourself wanting to play here and you wanted to wear the Nick colors and you wanted to play in Madison Square Garden, you should have done that when you were in your prime. Now you're at the tail end of your career. LeBron's 39. Kevin Durant is 36, going to be 37. I do not want to see them in a New York Nick jersey. They have been nothing but hindrances for their organizations. LeBron James with his thoughts to what's going on in the world and his political views. And I'm not saying LeBron isn't a great player. I'm not saying Kevin Durant isn't a great player. But if you're a New York Knicks fan right now, do you really want to see Kevin Durant, who has seven different Twitter accounts or X accounts, and LeBron James, who is... I believe, not selfish on a basketball court, but selfish off a basketball court, and says the things that he says and throws, I, I guess throws people these these stories and, and his political views where I don't care. I'm watching basketball. I don't care what your political views are. And, and, and the fact that he does it and the fact that he says things, if he comes to New York, it's only going to cause scrutiny and craziness here. And that's not what I want to see with LeBron James. And that's not what I want to see if Kevin Durant comes back here to New York. It's interesting because Leon Rose has kind of been the opposite trajectory of what I was thinking when I, when I first brought him in because as an agent, you're thinking, oh, he has all these relationships with these players. They're going to try to build up New York again to be a hot spot for the players who want to go. So it's interesting because at the time I actually was pushing for I, I didn't want Kyrie Irving but I was pushing for Kevin Durant at the time and then they were going to trade for Damian you Lillard because Damian Lillard was also available around that time too and the Knicks were in talks for him as well. Do you remember who I wanted? Uh, I, I don't at the time. I know you wanted Damian Lillard a little bit. I don't remember. Do you remember who I wanted I, when I, he became available? Not. And it, it wasn't Kyrie Irving, but there was another player. Oh, that Devin we, Booker, I remember a little bit. No, no, too. no. At the time, Devin Booker wasn't I don't remember at that time. Jimmy Butler. It was Jimmy Butler. Okay. Yeah, it, it's interesting, though, because the way Leon Bros has built this team now is exactly the opposite. And he's building it through the draft. He's building it through good trades, like we saw at this trade deadline. And he's building it through good contracts. And you look at what Kevin Durant, once they didn't sign with the Knicks at the time, the net, the Knicks built up a bunch of power forwards. They built up good young power forwards. They signed Randall to, like you were saying, what was a bargain contract at the time for what he ended up playing as. Now he still has to prove it in the playoffs fine. But They also extended his contract. Correct. And that kind of thinking goes to the opposite methods of what LeBron has done with the Lakers, what Kevin Durant's done with his last two teams, too, because the Nets and Suns are literally doing the same thing. The Nets, uh, they got the big three, but they got no depth after that. They're signing Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan at veteran minimums, and the Suns are doing the same thing. They had to trade away DeAndre Ayton just to make sure that all these three guys could cut over there with their current big three. So, I don't want that kind of approach going to the Knicks. It's not, doesn't work in today's NBA anymore, especially with a lot of these young superstars kind of changing the mold of it now. It's one superstar, like one other star, and then other good players, good depth after that, and the Knicks could be building something with that yeah you know speedy you you were talking about it yesterday too that this big three model just isn't working anymore in basketball and i think the 2019 move was the biggest you know failure of that big three model you know uh i i mean i was devastated personally uh not because Kyrie didn't come but because kevin durant didn't come now you know conservatively he's probably one of the 25 greatest players of all time you know, uh, this he's got one championship on, you know, Steph probably uh, part of that. But, you know, he still has that title and his stats are up, up there with anybody shooter, maybe the best big man shooter there ever was. You know, if in a magical world where we don't have to worry about salary caps and, you know, trade exceptions, 
if we could just switch him out for Julius Randle, who does not play well in the playoffs. Not a chance in hell. I don't even want him. I'll keep Julius Randle. I do not. That would be the only way. No way. You don't want to ruin a good thing. I I do not want him. That's a magical world. You know, like that's the only (laughs) way I could see it. But you wouldn't be able to get that. It would be like Carmelo all over again. You'd have to trade the house for him. You'd get rid of that depth. You'd have to trade your future picks and mortgage the future just to get a guy who it's all about him. And his six alter egos on Instagram and his uh, seven on Twitter. Mm. You know, like it, it's, it, uh, I mean, those stories about him are wild. You know, he's, he's great. But I think as he gets older, it's, and you heard him talking about the Knicks brand. I, I care more about the team. That's a smack in the face the about brand, I, I, you know? him saying that, that it, he didn't really want to come here because the Knicks brand was just in the gutter. It, listen, you could have changed that. You could have been the guy. You know who changed that? A guy that took less, okay? A guy that wanted to play here in Jalen Brunson. Finally, Jalen, the Knicks found a guy, a guy that did, wanted to come here. He wasn't a superstar, but he, he proved that he could play for the Dallas Mavericks, took the help to take the Dallas Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals and lose and, and to me was everything to what the Knicks needed to do and, and as far as Julius Randle, Julius Randle finally took a step back why would I want to move Julius Randle for a guy like Kevin Durant if Kevin Durant came here, he believes he's the number one and Jalen Brunson is the number two I love that, that Julius Randle finally figured out, hey, you know what I'm really the number two. Jaylen, this is Jalen Brunson's team. I'm the number two guy. And OG Nobi finally gave him that wing defender the Knicks have been looking for for the last 10 years. They've been craving for this defensive player. They haven't had it in a very long time, since the 90s. And it's changed everything for the Knicks. It's given them confidence. Why would you bring in a loudmouth crybaby that sits there with a towel over his head half the time and wants to play more minutes than the youngsters? The guy to me, has been nothing but a hindrance. He's been an... I, I honestly... If you look at it in ant, an ant, an ant farm, okay? Uh, and, and this is a the truth. There's a queen, okay? There's a queen. And what do the, all the other ants do? They protect the queen, right? It's so funny that everywhere this man has gone, Kevin Durant has gone, everywhere he's gone, the ants around him, all his teammates, they all turn on him every single time. Look at what happened with Draymond Green. Draymond Green was the reason why he was brought over there to Golden State. They were good friends. As soon as he leaves, Draymond Green attacks him. As soon as he leaves, Clay Thompson attacks him. As soon as he leaves, Steph Curry doesn't say anything bad about him, says, you know what, I think our team is in a better state now the way it is. Okay? Every single one of them. Then you go over there to Brooklyn. And then Kyrie Irving, his own personality. He wanted to play with Kyrie Irving. Okay? He, and then James Harden, his best buddy, comes over there with the Rockets. And what happens over there? Turmoil. Kyrie Irving wants out. James Harden wants out. First goes James, then goes Kyrie. They all ditch Kevin Durant. It didn't work out there. And now look. And um, that happened in OKC, too. With the whole Russell Westbrook thing. He wanted to leave Russell Westbrook because he wasn't getting along. And Russell Westbrook thought he was the best player on the team. And it it just didn't work out over there. And then look at what is going on right now over there with Phoenix. You have Devin Booker. You have Bradley Beal. And I told everybody when they brought Kevin Durant over there. And I said it. Devin Booker. And and the play and the players that they had over there do not make a move for Bradley Beal in the offseason. 
Do not do that because all three players are going to demand the ball. They're all the same players. Okay? And what happens? Bradley Bill comes. Bradley Bill was hurt. Had like the first 20 games of the season. This is this is something that I, I think this is a hex that grows on the Kevin Durant uh, you know, tree. Every single player that they trade for that he gets along with gets hurt and it never works out over there. He comes back and look at this roster. Yes, they're si- they're six seed right now. With this kind of roster, with the talent that they have over there, they should be top three. And they're not. And I'm going to tell you right now, if they if they connect against the L.A. Lakers and they're the 10 and the 7, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron James and Anthony Davis knocks them out in the first, in the playing games. Yeah, because they have the no size either. Yeah. They don't have a chance. Uh, honestly, I, I don't. I don't think they're any good. And, and I, I'm not saying that they don't have talent there. I don't think they have any good bench players. They traded Mikel Bridges, big mistake. They traded Johnson, big mistake. They traded away all those draft picks for Kevin Durant, big mistake. And by the way, the Nets are going to love those draft picks because I'm going to tell you why. Because in about two years, Kevin Durant's going to be gone. Bradley Beal will be gone, and Devin Booker will be gone, and they're going to be rebuilding. And you know what those you know where those draft picks are going because they're not protected. They're going to the Brooklyn Nets. Unless the Nets make another dumb trade, too. <laughs> so, in the possible. end, even though they gave it all up to get James Harden, the Nets are going to win in that trade. Finally, Mr. Marks did something right from all the stupidity from him and Mr. King. So, congratulations to the Brooklyn Nets on getting a couple lottery picks to the from the Phoenix Suns. That's my spiel with the whole Kevin Durant thing. Stay away from Kevin Durant. Stay away from LeBron James. Do not bring Bronny Jr. to the oh New God, York no. Knicks. Please, no. Do not do that. I mean, it would be a big mistake. I mean, didn't the kid almost die on the court at the beginning of yes, the season? Yes, cardiac arrest. Are we really talking about him being drafted this year? I mean, I, I understand the whole thing with LeBron going after people is ridiculous because, I mean, it should be, you should understand that considering his position in the world. But, uh, you know, with the Durant thing, man, it, it's just tough because he's so great. I mean, his, st- his stats are crazy. I mean, you realize he shoot, he's seven feet tall and he shoots 42% from three mm-hmm. this year. He's, shooting, he's got 28 points a game. He's got, you know, like seven uh, rebounds and five assists. Like, He's still putting up numbers that just make you go, he's still one of the best players in the world. Yet, outside of the one championship when he wasn't the leader on the team, has he ever led anyone, really? And I think we we didn't really, I mean, we talked last I think week he has. I, I disagree. Calling people out. I disagree. I is think he, he has. good of a leader? I think he is a good leader. Because if, if you heard Kyrie Irving speak about him, and Kyrie Irving doesn't listen to anybody, okay? <laughs> Kyrie Irving said, I, I realized what a leader was when I got a chance to watch LeBron James lead us to win a championship. That's the first time I've ever heard Kyrie Irving compliment anybody, okay? And Kyrie Irving's played with some good players. So, and it didn't work with the Celtics. So, I disagree. But here's the thing. LeBron is putting up the numbers, but when LeBron was putting up these numbers and he was in the prime of his career, he can change the game. He could take over a game. I don't think he could do that anymore. I think he's going to get too tired. He was a great defender, too. He can't defend some of the top offensive players in the league. He used to shut down Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was the MVP of the league. He shut him down. He shut him down in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I don't think he could do that anymore. So, I again, 
I think LeBron James is a sensational player. I think he's the second greatest player to ever play the game right behind Michael Jordan. You heard it from me. By the time he's done, yes, Tyler Harrison, (laughs) he is the second best player to ever play the game. But to me, he's played in in a time where a lot of pressure is left on him. And uh, everybody's going to compare him to Steph Curry. Everybody's going to compare him to Kevin Durant. Everybody's going to compare him to all the greats that played in the game. Why? Because he's going to have all the records. And he was always declared the king coming to the NBA. And when you're compared and contrasted or even looked at to Michael Jordan, you're always going, or Kobe Bryant or anybody that was comparable to you, you're always going to be looked at as the odd man out. And also, that's probably the hype for Kevin Durant in the same way, because Kevin Durant is trying to beat LeBron, and he's not. And he says, oh, I should be in the GOAT conversation. Yep. Well, well, not the case with you not being able to will your team the way LeBron has. I've heard Durant talk about how he thinks it's established knowledge that he's better than LeBron. Because he's on drugs. He beat him yeah. in the in the uh, championship with Golden State. You know, like, uh, and he, he was like, he did well, couldn't believe it. <laughs> Well, you know, he felt he outplayed him. And I, you can make that argument that he did in that series. But again, the, the most loaded team of all time. He had four, right. four all-stars that, on a team. Know? Who did LeBron have? Like, of all time. I mean, the year before, they, they had the seven. I mean, the 73 wins. And they lost to LeBron when everyone got, you know. Right. That was crazy. So, uh, Durant is delusional, you know, <laughs> if he thinks that he's better than LeBron. No, I, 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 here's the reason yeah, why. I'll I'm give sorry. you one last thing. Yeah, God, This is my fault because mm-hmm. I meant to mention it earlier when you were saying LeBron isn't able to do it anymore. I don't think he do it anymore every night in lead teams. But did you see what he did last night? He outscored uh, the Clippers. It says 19 to 16 in the fourth quarter, leading to a 21-point comeback. Mm-hmm. So when he feels like it, or if he has enough energy from his like five cryogenic uh, red wine baths, you know, uh, you know, massaging the lactic acid out of his uh, calfy muscles, or his stiffy, you know, he's or or exactly, you know, he can his still third leg. LeBron is great because he has a third leg. Just saw, him. just stole it from David Bakhtiari. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's hanging out of the bag. <laughs> now we know where it went. Speedy, you know all about hanging out of a bag. I don't steal people's legs. Well, you steal other things. No, I don't. <laughs> Get this, what you're saying? Uh, I'm sorry, that was it. <laughs> He's thinking. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what, what more can you say? He's a great player. LeBron's the, the second greatest player of all time. No on question. Most of the list. You know, he's got the most points of all time. Scoops told us earlier tonight he's 40 away. From uh, 40,000. I mean, whoever thought these numbers are going to be hit? He's 39. He still gets up and dunks. You know, he maybe plays a little bit more like Karl Malone now than a point guard like he did when he was younger. Sure. I mean, but it's the it's 21 years, 20 All-Star games. Holy crap, man. I, I think he still has the, the, the ability, athletic ability to go up and down the court. I mean, yeah. Karl Malone couldn't do anything. I mean, they called him no. a mailman. Why do you think they called him the mailman? I mean, well, he was mailing it in a lot. Of he the pretty end. much <laughs> was. Lakers team at the end. Remember that? Money yeah. I, I mean, he he was never fast. I even Carl Malone in the prime of his career he was never fast. LeBron James so, still could go up yeah. and down the court. I disagree. I, I think he. You know, who he reminds me with right now. If there's somebody that reminds, out of all the players, now he reminds me the most in the prime of his career is Magic Johnson. Uh, better. He's a better Magic Johnson, but. I think right now, if you were to compare him to a player in the past at his ability still, 
I would uh, I would look at him as a young. He's he's as fast and as good as a young Charles Barkley. Okay, that's what I think he is. Charles Barkley, when he was playing for the Seventy Sixers and when he won the MVP with the Suns, that's that's how he plays now. Because Charles still goes up and down. Charles at that time was going up and down the court and he was jamming the ball and dominated. You know, he dominated the paint. You couldn't stop him. Uh, and he's, he put up the numbers. So I would think at, at the prime of Charles Barkley's career, I still think LeBron is playing at that level. I just I don't think you can win with LeBron again unless he's playing on a team that has two superstars or one superstar that says, okay, LeBron, you're the number two now. I'm the number one. And I don't think LeBron James could hold that or yeah. take – Take that in and say, okay, you're the you're the guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna dish you the ball. I, I still to this day he has Anthony Davis on his team, and Anthony Davis is the other guy. He isn't the guy. He's the other guy. No matter what, and Anthony Davis is in the prime of his career. So I just and that's the problem right now. That's what's going on with the Lakers. I think yeah. LeBron has to step back and he needs to realize he's not the guy anymore. Even though he's putting up the numbers, you're not going to win like, like that. And, and he, if he's being greedy and he wants $60 million a year, how the hell are you going to bring in a Donovan Mitchell? How the hell are you going to be in a, bring in a Zach Levine, a guy that's going to help you offensively, that you're having problems competing against these other teams? Because they're putting up more numbers than your two best guys. That's assuming even LeBron no, didn't even want no those. way. You don't even know yeah, if LeBron... Look, if- Get this. No, I just, I'm sorry about that, Speedy. Listen, you, the $60 million thing is the hugest problem with all of this. Yeah. If he's next year, he's due 54 on the player option, and he wants a deal for 60. They can't compete more than the 10 seed right now. Mm. And he's going to eat up another 15 million of the salary cap because his number's not 54 this year. It's in the 40s. So, how are they supposed to, you know, add guys? To be competitive, you know, I mean, there are only so many Pat Bevs out there. For maybe uh, they get Chris Ball uh, at the know, end of his career, guys, you know, <laughs> oh, they'll all be reunited. They'll have to bring back Carmelo Anthony for one more year if that's the case. Well, that's another guy. <laughs> and all three of them can finally play yeah. together. I don't know if anybody's checked out Carmelo Anthony's wine. podcast. By the way, it's uh, an interesting podcast. But Carmelo Anthony many, many times came out and said that he could still play in the NBA. He could still compete in the NBA. I think LeBron, I think Carmelo is on drugs. I, I don't believe he could do that. I think he'll, he'll one leg or his fingers will fall off before he plays in the NBA again. And I love, and his son's going to be a sensational player. If there's a son that's going to come out of high school and play college ball and become a star in the NBA, I think his son is, is definitely that type of player. He could shoot. He can do all the things that Carmelo Anthony could do. I think he's a more elusive young Carmelo Anthony. And I think he's not as tall as Carmelo. I think he's like 6'3", 6'4". Uh, but I think he has the ability. He could, He actually passes the ball, something that Carmelo, <laughs> Carmelo never liked to do. Uh, so this kid could pass the ball. He could shoot. He can do all those things, and he has the game to do it. I think he's going to be a great player. I really do. Uh, and he's right now here in Long Island. He's, he's working. I think he's playing for Cold Spring Harbor, and uh, I've heard – uh, a lot of good things about his son. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, I think it's Kenyon or something, Kenyon or something like that. Uh, but uh, I forget his name. But uh, um, what is it? You got his name? It's Kenyon. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the kid, uh, you know, go and play college ball. And I'm hearing 
Syracuse could he could be going mm. to Syracuse. So um, it, there are the teams looking at him. I know Duke's looking at him. I know North Carolina has uh, has been uh, recruiting him. So uh, we'll see where he goes. He hasn't decided, but and Carmelo already came out and said that he doesn't care where he goes. Uh, he just wants his son to be happy and he wants his son to play ball. So and and keep his grades up. That's something else that he he has come out and said. Syracuse would need that to spark a new program with a new coach. <laughs> yeah, and 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 again. I think when you look at the NBA and the way the NBA is starting to move move towards those big, tall, uh, athletic players, I think I, I think you're, the NBA is missing what it really has been over the last couple of years. And I think if the NBA could bring back that old style of NBA, stop with these flagrant fouls, stop with these baby NBA play calling defenses where uh, everybody, I mean, you're pretty much saying, oh, hey, go ahead, score. You know, that's what the NBA wants. They want to see high scoring games where you're scoring 200 or more points. I don't want to see that anymore. I want to see back, back to the old NBA where it's been aggressive and every team hates each other. Every single team can't stand one another. Everybody's hanging out. Everybody after games. Everybody's going to bars, strip clubs, waving their guns in the air. I'm just kidding. They're not doing that, but I'm, I'm sorry. John Morant might be. I'm just screwing around, but you know what I mean. I, but I, I, to me, I, I want to see that, that hatred again. I want to see the Indiana Indiana Pacers hate the Knicks, and the Knicks hate the Bulls, and the Bulls hate the Lakers. I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see everybody hate the Celtics. I mean, stop being kissy-kissy. Oh, Jason Tatum's not an MVP candidate. What's going on? <laughs> you hear Draymond Green crying about it all over <laughs> social media. I don't want to hear Draymond Green speak on his podcast. As a matter of fact, I want to throw the hell up when he speaks. Okay? It's tiring, and I don't want to see it anymore. The NBA has been a player's it's really become a player's league. In the olden days when David Stearns was running this, you know, the league – he wouldn't. He, he couldn't tolerate the players doing the stupid things on and off the court. If you do what you do, what John Morant did, you're out. You're out for the whole season. You're sitting out for eighty some, eighty two games, and you have to get some. You had to seek some help, aka Ron Artest, Metal War Peace. I am tired of watching what Adam Silver has done into league, and the fact that he has spokesmen like Kevin Durant and LeBron James waving the white flag. <laughs> Let's go play this stupid all-star game and embarrass the NBA the way they have. It's despicable. By the way, when was the last time we saw a good slam dunk contest? And by the way, what was going on with those judges? I mean, seriously, was this hate the Knicks? I mean, Jacob Toppin had the second best dunks. How the hell did he have a 44 and 43? Are you kidding me? The other guy, I'm not, McClung, um, what was it, McClung? Mac McClung. Mac McClung. He was the best dunker. There's no question. But Jalen Brown was horrible. That was horrible. That was despicable how they, because it's Jalen Brown and he's the big name in a slam dunk contest, why they let him go to the finals. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Knicks fan. Anybody that watched that slam dunk contest, anybody watched that, Jacob Toppin had the second best dunks. He had the second best dunks. It was horrible. It was horrible. But they... They couldn't put him in because they would have been two G League guys and it would have been the G League uh, dunk contest, not the NBA dunk contest. You know, like they, they made this grave themselves by putting McClung in the year before, you know, and he is the best. But they had to put the next best NBA guy in. And even if he's not the next best dunker, 
No, I can't. That. I can't do that. You, well, we watch so many great He's dunk competitions. Player. We've seen so many great dunk competitions. I know. We have it's in stupid. the years. I mean, you want to see the best dunkers go at it one on one. That's what you want to see. When Levine and um and Aaron Gordon. and Aaron Gordon, Gordon did it, that was fantastic. That was probably the last good one, right? Fantastic. And, yeah. When v- Vince Carter played his cousin Tracy McGrady, that was fantastic. That was something to watch. That was must watch. Okay, that's the greatest one. I mean, I, watching Howard versus Nate Robinson. Okay, that was fun. That was fun to watch. The smallest guy, a five foot eight. Five foot nine guy versus the seven foot giant. All right. That was David versus Goliath. And then we watched the, the Dominique Wilkins versus the Michael Jordans and all those great dunk contests. We don't see it anymore. You know why? Because the NBA is all about the players. What star and and who's in this the three point contest and is Steph Curry, da 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 da, the greatest three point shooter of all time. I don't want to hear it anymore. It is despicable, and the NBA needs to figure this out because after LeBron James is gone, after Kevin Durant is gone, there needs there needs to be another guy that's going to step forward and be the face of the NBA. And honestly, right now, I am I am worried who that guy is going to be. I am worried because there is nothing that I see right now in the NBA after LeBron James leaves that tells me I want to see that guy. I want to know that this guy is the next big thing. He's the next king of the NBA because LeBron James, it was, it moved from this. And, and I'll say this again. It was Michael Jordan in the, it was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird in the eighties. It was Michael Jordan in the nineties in the two thousand early two thousands. It was Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. And then it became Le- LeBron James's game. And it was been LeBron James's game for like the last 16, 17 years. And now they need to find the other guy. And I'm going to tell you this right now. There is nothing. There is nothing that I've seen. So, And there's, there's a lot of great players. Luka Doncic, Joker. But they're not, they're not those guys that you're going to like listen to and, and say, oh, I want to be Luka Doncic. I want to be the Joker. I want to be Nikola Jokic. I, I, I don't hear any of that. I want to who's the next guy? Who's going to take over this league? And that's what I'm scared about with the NBA because everybody says, oh, the next guy up, the next guy up. Who's the next guy up? Who's the next guy? And I, and, I, and everybody keeps talking about, hey, this kid, I, I mean, Wemby. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, well, Wemby. Webinyama is, uh, he's he's he looks like he's going to be a good player. I don't I don't think he's the face of the NBA. I mean, he looks like a guy on you know a body on stilts. Okay, do I want to look like a? I mean, look at his the guy. He looks like a goofy you know giant. I mean, seriously, I he better put on some weight because <laughs> those legs are going to crack pretty quick, man. I, I mean, seriously, it's not going to work in the NBA. But Webinyama is is not a guy that I'm going to say, hey, I, I I can't wait to see this guy. I want to see that next athletic superstar player, and and honestly, there's nobody that I see that the kid Cooper that uh, Duke Blue Devils are going to get. Okay, uh, everybody loves this kid. We've been trying to get him on the show. Yeah, his Instagram is blocked. So. Um, this kid is yeah. he's a fantastic player, fantastic talent, but is he something that I, I'm going to want to watch when he goes to, when he goes to the NBA? I mean. I don't know. I, I, I want to see that next guy, and I just I haven't heard anything. Co- I, Cooper will get all the training from the great John Shire. <laughs> it it T- sad. turned out it wasn't Zion, huh? 
No. Everyone was talking that Zion was going to be the next big thing, like the next, the evolutionary kind of Barkley type of guy. Like we're talking, just like sure. a monster out Stop there. hanging out with Ashes porno left. stars. Actually stay on a Man, freaking basketball court. Him, the stories around him with that is just out of control, man. Uh, how about, he just is not focused on How about just body. playing basketball? He's like be Oliver Miller. He's going to end up like Oliver Miller. No, no, no. He's better than Oliver. He, this no, no, like out of the league, from eating himself out of the league. No, I don't think so. I think he... I, it's not that I don't think Zion Williamson is not a great player, and he's still a great player. It, it just... He's a guy that, and, and me and Jeff argue this all the time. He's he's still twenty five years old and still has a lot of left, a lot of basketball left. He's a, he he's almost in his prime of his career. The problem with him is once he hits that certain age, is he going to be able to keep those legs going? Because he's more of he's a jumper. That's what he is. He's an aggressive offensive player by his ability and his athletic ability going and dunking the ball. He doesn't have that ability like a LeBron James where, oh, I could take over a game in any kind of way. He doesn't have it. He does, he's a decent defender. He's not a great defender. So LeBron James at one point when he was at the top of his game, he could play defense. He could steal. He could, he could pass. He could rebound. He's not – Zion Williamson is not that type of player. So, uh, And I never thought he was. So – I it, it's it bothers me, and I thought John Morant was going to be something special. I still think he could be something special, but for everything that is chasing him now, for all the stupid things he's done off the court, I don't know if he'll ever hit his talent that everybody thought he was going to be. He'll ever he'll never hit that ability that he could have been because of all the stupid things he's done off the court. So, um. I, I don't know where the NBA is going. I think Adam Silver. I don't want Adam Silver to be the, the judge of that either. <laughs> no. I the, I think it's been. I, I think the NBA is not something to watch during the regular season. I love it in the playoffs. I, I love the competitiveness. I and and now the Knicks are actually a good team. It's something to watch somewhat. But I think that Adam Silver wants to see the superstars in the finals. I, I mean, and everybody expects the Celtics to be there this year. So what is it going to be if the Knicks are playing the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, or Miami's playing the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals? Which has finals? been three out of the last four years. <laughs> and and Miami is the series is tied six, uh, you know, three to three, and they're going into the seventh game. You know, so it, 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 are they going to finally give it to the Celtics? You know, even though I think the is Miami the, uh, Miami Heat are a better playoff you know? team. <laughs> Bring them back. Some of the Tim Donaghy bring, bring the crew back, you know, and get it done the way they used to do back in Stern's time, you know, like it, it, it's just it's a shame. You know, we talk about the dunk contest when I was a kid, man, you used to know all the names of all the winners of the dunk contest. Spud Webb, D Brown, Harold Miner. Like I remember growing oh, up baby and, like, Jordan. learning these guys, watching them. And now I couldn't tell you. I don't think anyone. J.R. Ryder. Remember him? J.R. Ryder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like it used to be like you had to learn who those guys were, just like who won the championships yep. when, before you started watching when you were a kid. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. There's none of that. You know, it, it's a shame because it used to be a big deal. Kind of like how baseball, like the home run numbers used to be a big deal. Like it was a thing that as a kid that's followed sports, you just knew that stuff. And that's gone. I don't think that's what kids do anymore. We had a great show, by the way. And uh, thank you to Pete Bursick, uh, a, a fan, friend of the show. And I'm a big fan of what he does for the Vikings, ex-linebacker, ex -linebacker, Vikings radio network broadcaster. He is a great, 
great personality. And thank you for joining us as long as he did. He always joins us for a long time. He and, was awesome. And Chris Warmly, he was fantastic too. Great personality. I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes in the offseason. Uh, maybe he stays with Carolina. Maybe he goes to uh, the Lions, maybe he goes to L.A., but he's not going to the Jets. So. Maybe he goes to the Vikings. And the Vikings. Yeah. But not the Jets. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we created that. Uh, yep. Yeah, well, if we, rec- if we created it, why don't you hire us already? God damn it. I'm just being nice here. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice here. I, I, am, I am totally appalled. I am totally upset. I mean, I, I have nothing to say. I'm just kidding. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you to Derek Mountain, uh, Mr. Mountaineer. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for calling the show and pissing me off, as you always do. <laughs> and pissing uh, Nithin off, too. No. <laughs> Come on, man. Nithin calls the show. Uh, and I, I, have to, I have to say this. I, I love Nithin. And I, I, I love that he gets a lot of great guests. Uh, the NR Hour. Fantastic person. He's, he's a really good person. I really, really do love him. But... When you're a radio guy, okay, how about this? You're a media guy, and you're writing for NFL Team Seattle, and you're writing for – you have all these different writers, and, and you have so many guys under you, and you sit here, you call the show, and we put you through. And I love you, Nathan. I'm not throwing – I'm not taking shots at you, but it doesn't make any sense. And when I ask you – who are the top five quarterbacks in this draft class? And you only know two of them, the two main ones. There's a problem there. And, and, and by the way, you know your Cowboys. How do you not, I repeat, how do you not know anything about the wide receivers in this class? This is one of the best wide receiving classes we've seen in a very long time. I know Jeff says it's not deep, but these five guys – or th- six guys could be uh, game-changing wide receivers. How do you not know any of them besides Marvin Harrison Jr., which everybody knows? I mean, come on, man. Come on. I, and you're, you're promoting your show? Come on, man. Now, let me help you out. Let me help you out. You want to you wanna get us credentials? You want me to meet Jose Canseco? I'm not lying to you. I, I will get his book, and I will hand him his book. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm serious. This is what I'm going to do. I will go there and say, he's, I'm going to hand him his book. He's going to look at me. He's like, you want me to autograph it? No, I'm giving you your book because nobody else wants to buy it. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank you for ruining baseball and hurting baseball for the 90s. So thank you for doing what you did and, and selling everything and selling the, the league. We, we all knew that everybody was on steroids at that time. We all knew it. Why did you have to sell it? It ruined the game of baseball. He single-handedly ruined the game of baseball in the 90s. Him. And the early 2000s. So, it, it, to me, it would have all been different if he didn't open his big fat mouth. So why would I want to meet him? Okay? Why would I want to sit there and say, hey, look, it's Jose Canseco. That's the big mouth. That's the idiot. You know? So, he ruined baseball. He'll sit there and say, I help baseball. Oh, tell Pudge. He wouldn't be a Hall of Famer if it wasn't for me, because I could have threw him under the bus, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you could just ask him, you know, what it's like to have a, a baseball hit you in the head then go over the fence for a home run while you're playing outfield. <sighs> that's, I, that's, a, that's an experience no one else had either. He, hurt, so he, maybe, he, maybe. he disgraced Mark McGuire. He did. And I don't care if he did steroids. I really don't, because we've had so many baseball players on this show that said it. 
Every single one of them came on this show and told us that baseball players, if they want to do steroids, they want to hurt their bodies. If it keeps them on the field, so be it. Okay? Every one of them practically said it. Maybe one didn't say it. And we've, we've interviewed at least 50, 60 baseball players. And they all said they should be allowed to do steroids. It's just, it's absolutely hilarious. It's hilarious how the MLB and the writers have kept out Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. But, hey, you know what? David Ortiz, he did steroids one time. He's in the Hall of Fame. We like him. David, he might have cheated. He was a nice guy, so he's in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell, oh, nothing was ever proven. He had pimples on his back, and he looked like he was like King Kong when he was playing for the Astros. Let's hide that. Or maybe, I don't know, let's look at the other guys. Mike Piazza, who everybody said did steroids in that time. And Pudge Rodriguez, that looked like a, a, a Buick on the Rangers when he was playing. That's why they called him Pudge. And, and, and every single one of them are all in the Hall of Fame, but nothing was ever proven, so they're Hall of Famers. It's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you to the MLB writers for being a bunch of douches, okay? So it, it's, it's horrible. It, it really is. And, and that's the problem with sports, these writers. And, and I again... I, this is why people probably don't want to invite me to events because I have my own opinion towards it. But I am not going to sit there and lie, okay? I am not going to sit there and beat around the bush. Or, you know, James, uh, what, what do we call him? James Greenbush. I am not going to beat around the green bush, okay? All right? That's all I'm going to say. I'm telling you the truth. If Ryder, if the fans actually voted, I'm going to say this. Fans are fans. They're going to be honest. They're going to go out there. And just like there's electro votes for the presidency, there should be electro votes in every single state in the country. And every fan votes and whatever hits, hits. And they're in the Hall of Fame. They're in the Hall of Fame. Because I can guarantee you, everybody would have voted Barry Bonds in, Roger Clemens in, Mark McGuire in, Sammy Sosa. They wouldn't have cared. You know, you're going to and tell no me. no Harold Baines either. I, no one would have voted for Harold Baines. First of all, that was Tony Larusa. So thank you to Tony. <laughs> thank you to Tony. To, it, it's a Tony Larusa thing. He he coached him and he loved him. So eh, you know they were good friends. So that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. So it, it's a shame. It's a shame. And Kenny Lofton should be in the Hall of Fame yeah. too. Yeah. So if if Tim Raines is in the Hall of Fame, Kenny Lofton should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, and Kenny Lofton's like a better player. The two uh, New York '80s first basemen, uh, you know, Mattingly and Keith Hernandez, get in as well. I, I have no idea standards on the hits and everything. I have no idea how Keith Hernandez is not in the Hall of Fame. I have no idea how Don Mattingly. When they compared to uh, Mauer and Mattingly's numbers, yeah. Mattingly was a better player in the top of his career. Mattingly's numbers are almost identical to Mauer's. And Mowers was a first time. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mattingly didn't even make the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. He was completely thrown away. And people forget how great Don Mattingly was. It, it's it's horrible. The game of baseball, man. What a joke. Thank you to Pete Bursick. Thank you to Chris Warmly. Thank you to 
Derek Mountaineer Mountain for joining us. Thank you uh, for all the Jet fans to hate me even more after, uh, you know, spreading the word on how bad our team is. Anyways, a good night, and we will see you next week. Do we have any guests next week? Yes, on Wednesday we got uh, Pat Ragazzo at 8.30, a Mets and Yankees writer for Sports Illustrated, a fan nation. He'll be on at 8.30 and then returning the show at 9 o'clock. Ex-Giants, Ravens, Cowboys, and a couple other teams. I forget offhand. Quarterback Anthony Wright will be joining us again. Oh, I remember Anthony. Yep. Uh, He had some interesting stories about Eli Manning last time. Mm. Very interesting. So they'll be on on Wednesday. Thursday we got at 9 o'clock ex-Pirates, Twins, Marlins, and Yankees first baseman Garrett Jones will be back on the show at 9 o'clock. And then 9.30, one of our uh, draft guys, he was the one that stayed on for the uh, entire mock draft where we did it. Michael Rockman will be back on at 9.30. The Rockman will be with us. Uh, Listen to 103.9. Thank you for all the Weekend Crunch fans that tune in. uh, Pre-game show this week? Yes, they're playing against the Bruins at 7.30. The Brew Crew with the New York Losers. I'm just kidding. The New York Islanders, but... uh, they seem like they're a losing organization. Another team that I root for. Uh, but anyways, uh, so we will be doing the Islander pregame show. Tune in, ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, give you the best in uh, and crunch the best in sports on the weekend crunch. So definitely keep listening. Uh, 103.9 FM, iHeartRadio, if you don't live here in Long Island, uh, so you can tune in every single 7 o'clock or 10.30. We're 10.30 tonight. 10.30. I think it's one of the oh, three. Oh, not tonight. You know, you know what I mean. Saturday. It's one of the three night games that are left in this season. Whoopee. I mean, uh, it'll be the last three night games because the Islanders aren't making the playoffs. But anyways, <laughs> uh, anyways uh, thank you and good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.